Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture, and urban farmer, curmudgeon, and skeptic. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. What's this group about? We're about doing deals, networking, and getting shit done. This ain't your grandma's Rhea, folks. All right? No sales from the front ever. And no smell of stale coffee, been gay, and or disappointment. Keep that crusty mothball shit to yourself. RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done. And I pick their brain for entertainment and hopefully education. I hope you're watching this on YouTube, too. If you enjoy this podcast, give it a like, share it, review it on iTunes and Stitcher and all that. It really does help. And I really appreciate it if you do that, too. If you have any questions and or suggestions, leave a comment or send me a message. Go to RenegadeDetroit.com. RenegadeDetroit.com. If you're interested in attending the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or Facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jeremy Burgess and go to YouTube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. Legal disclaimer. I know. Every episode. This is what happens when you live with a bunch of fucking whiny bitches. In no way, shape, or form should anything that I say and or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that you grow the fuck up and that before you make any investment decision or decisions, you contact the lawyer and or other licensed professionals and that you be adult and don't sue me. All right. Show quote of the week. Time for the Renegade Detroit Investors Show Quote of the Week, where I try and pick a quote to set the tone for your week and the podcast and hopefully... Kind of with uh, my guest, too. And I don't know VJ too well. So I hope I pick something You're gonna okay. You're going to learn today. I'm going <laughs> to learn. And you should. By the way, VJ is wearing a shirt that says tan chocolate. It's just fucking hilarious. All right. People rarely succeed unless they have fun in what they're doing. Dale Carnegie. He's a fun guy. People rarely succeed unless they have fun in what they're doing. And let me introduce you to my guest, who I'm going to butcher his last name. VJ. Varapanavar. Close? Yeah, we'll run with that. We'll run with that? <laughs> we'll run with that. That's the whiter than sour cream version of that. <laughs> That's not the tan chocolate. That's not the tan chocolate. No, no, I did the <laughs> best I could. VJ holds a Bachelor's of Science in Clinical Psychology in the pre-medical curriculum from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And he put in parentheses, go blue, which he does on Facebook all the time, as well as a <laughs> Master's in Accountancy from Western Michigan University. <laughs> He holds Certified Public Accountant and Chartered Global Management Accountant, and that's CGMA for those paying attention, uh, paying attention, designations in the state of Michigan. He spent six years gaining experience in leading financial uh, statement audits of Fortune 500 companies. Sounds boring as shit. And providing <laughs> consulting services to Fortune 500 companies, primarily in the IPO readiness and technical accounting areas. During his time with, how do I say it, Delotti? Deloitte. Deloitte. Sorry, guys. You're in the financial shit. Sorry. Deloitte. Ally. I know that is financial. And the Siegfried Group, which I've heard of. In 2014, VJ ventured into real estate as a founding member of One and Done Properties and also purchased his first rental home in September 2014. Subsequently, in the fall of 2014, he departed his counseling career with Siegfried. Did I say Siegfried? Oh, sorry, I might. 
yeah. consulting. No. Consulting? <laughs> Did sorry. I write counseling? No, I just read it wrong. Oh, sorry, geez, you illiterate bastard. I know. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is what this is what happens. You only get five and a half fucking hours of sleep. Let me run this. He's a renegade because he makes up words when they're not even there. That's my I'm word now. You, camera. His consulting career with Siegfried <laughs> to move into accounting <laughs> and finance recruiting with Orion yep. Solutions Group. Which afforded him the flexibility to uh, concurrently focus on real estate endeavors. He's a wordy motherfucker, too. In 2015, VJ was involved in a flip and a few wholesale deals. Plus, he acquired three single-family homes and a duplex in the metro Detroit area. His goals in real estate going forward reside in the rental real estate market as he sees it as a useful tool for diversification and asset portfolio. You should definitely check him out. I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. Go to facebook.com forward slash double V I R U P A N. You can email him at double V I R U P A N at gmail.com or give him a call 734-883-5619. Thank you for coming out, BJ. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the intro. Apparently it was too long. No, no, it's great. No, it's I, I love it when I, know, I don't I have to it write it. I yeah. wrote it. He wrote it. <laughs> I just can't read it. <laughs> Some days are like that. Right. <laughs> fuck it. I'll do it live. I'll fucking do it live. Take another drink, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's, what's, what time is it? You know, I don't even want to know. You know Here what? We, we, could, we could do uh, mimosas. That would be 9.02 a.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. It is Wednesday. Late. We're halfway through this week yeah. almost, right? So I don't know you too well, but you are a fun guy and just network. I just always see you networking, not, not just in real life, but in Facebook life too. Just huge, huge networkers. So let's, let's go back to the beginning because all that sounded like important business shit, right? So <laughs> I am a business person. CPA, CGMA, MSA, you are all up in it. The financials, right? The stuff I would like yeah. to be able to, you know, so you can actually take a company's books, read them, and tell what kind of company they are, and probably if they're lying, right? Well, I mean, that was our job, to find issues, yeah. um, things like that. I mean, uh, Ally Financial was one of my first clients with Deloitte. And, I mean, Deloitte's actually the largest uh, pro- professional services provider in the world. They're around, I think, $30 billion or something. Holy shit. Yeah, that's they're, huge. They're, they're, they're largest that's in huge. the world. Yeah. Um, so, like, Ally Financial was one of my clients. Penske Automotive Group was another. HHI Formtech. Uh, Olympia, which is Mike Illich's company, um, which is not public, but still. Yeah, so, I mean, really, you go in, you help them with whatever they need in terms of audits, and then um, that helps them to prepare financial statements that their investors can use. What does that entail? Because we all, we've all read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I have Most of America, you have not. I see, you, don't <laughs> read it. you went to school. You don't have to read that fucking book. That, that's something he talks about a lot is if you're going to invest in stocks, which is one of the reasons why I don't, you need to be able to read and understand their financials. And that's something you can actually do. I mean, you know, an audit is differently, right? But I mean, an audit's different. You try to ensure that the financial statements are correct and what they're telling investors and everyone else is correct. Um, I mean, there's a number of financial ratios, which anyone could go on to Google and just type in, you know, what financial ratios should I look at to check a company's viability and health um, and kind of look at it that way. Uh, 
you can do that. Another thing to do is if you get there. So, I mean, they have the quarterly reporting is a 10 Q for public companies. The annual reporting is a 10 K. And part of that 10 K there's a good amount of literature they have to write, which is like forward looking information and like what's going to happen with the company, things like that, how they, uh, the competitive landscape and thing like, you know, that's sort of like a projection. Like, so they have to talk about, you know, what, you know, in comparison to their competitors and things like that, uh, what's going on. And that's actually useful information if you are going to invest because you want to know, Hey, I'm with Ford, but you know, Ford may say, Oh, you know, our projections aren't going to be as good as we expect. Uh, GM is growing rapidly. You know, obviously these are huge companies, so it's, you know, they're fine. But if you're looking with a smaller company and that's sort of uh, the outlook of the company, you do have to consider, well, maybe this Ford company isn't going to grow as much as I thought. Maybe the stock's not going to, you know, go as high as I thought. Maybe they won't pay dividends. Maybe they won't meet projections, things like that. Um, so like there is the numbers of the financial statements, but there's also, there's a lot of good, good in quotation marks. Yeah. You use air quotes. Literature. Good. And, um, <laughs> you haven't read rich dad, poor dad, but you've read the statements. Yes. Well, it's real life, right? Real business. It's real life. Motherfucker. I don't need no book. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is tagged explicit. So I, I, I said this in the last podcast too. If you don't like swearing, this is not the podcast for you. You can go back on and listen to one of. Hundreds of thousands of podcasts, so save your breath on that one. So that's like some real business accounting shit. You're like <laughs> up to your eyeballs. And do they just email you like a folder, or what? Or do they start? No, you as like it's, truck uh, after truck to your office. You start unloading. It is nuts. I mean, so you go to your client site. You're, you're not usually in the Deloitte office. You go to them. Yeah. So okay. they give like, for example. At GM or at Ally, those are both Deloitte clients. We have half of a floor of the Rensen for our teams. Holy shit. <clears throat> There's a, at any given time, maybe on the light side, if it's not a busy time of year, 15, 20 people still there during busy times like January to uh, mid March, end of March, you can get up to 30, 35 people there. And what happens is if you need something, you go to the client. So if you're, in my case, I was on the 17th floor, I think, of Ally. We had half of that floor. You know, I'd be running down to the 8th floor asking them for something, going to floor 10 to get something from them, floor 11 to get something from someone else, just depending on what type of information I needed and who I needed it from. So it's you work quite a bit with the uh, with the client. And, yeah, and you get lots of emails Lots of information. Uh, some of it's useful, some of it's not, and then some of it you find errors in, and that's where shit hits the fan. I was going to say, how many people's lives have you ruined? Well, they ruin their own lives. I you just ruined, shine a light on it. I've ruined a lot of lives. Yeah, they're Actually, lying. They're I mean, being lazy. They're cheating, and yeah, just yeah. incompetence too. I'm sure, right? Oh, well, <laughs> that's probably most of it. I, I, I'm probably allowed to say. Some of the things I want to say at clients because it's been a few years, but I don't know that I should. Yeah, be careful. I don't want to get you in trouble. So, I mean, they're, they're don't like mention any all, specific all the names. statements have been um, issued and whatnot, and it's been a couple of years past. But with a couple of my clients, uh, like 
one that was excess, like one that was very large. I did find um, an issue which made us not be able to rely on their internal controls uh, because of their testing procedures, which is a fancy way of saying that we ended up having to do a lot more shit and charge them a lot more instead of our usual 20 million price tag. <laughs> that's, that's a big actual, price that, tag. It's actually usually the price tag 20 mil a year. Um, so it was a little bit higher than that that year. <laughs> so it's, uh, I mean, it's interesting stuff. Like, I don't know how I really got into accounting. It was, that was going to be my next question. You're a fun dude. I don't know too many. I mean, I like Brian. He's a CPA who came on here, but Browski. yeah, I, I, I don't think this wrong, Brian. I don't think of him. He's not really a fun guy. And I know I'm not a fun guy, so I'm not trying to pretend, but I was a fun I mean, guy. I end up say, crunching you know, numbers like a machine. My number one thing in life is uh, strippers and coke. And number two is accounting. <laughs> so he can be reached for hire at. Right. <laughs> he no. will take cash, but um, whores and drugs will right, also right, suffice right. as a down payment. <laughs> you know, I like strippers. I like cokes. So yeah. It just kind of makes sense. Um, he is joking, by the way. That's a joke, folks. He would never do that. No. At least. At least not on air and admit to it. Yeah, so um, you're a kid, you're growing up, you're going, you know what I want to do one day? I want to dig through companies' financials and in in half a floor of the rents in and ruin people's lives. I'm always curious how, how you people end up where they're at doing these things. I am incredibly spontaneous. So, I mean, I did my freshman year. I initially went to U of M for engineering. I did my freshman year in engineering, and then I finished pre-med clinical psych. I did. Uh, I wrote a article on temporal mandibular joint pain uh, at the U of M dental school. I did research on it. I presented it. I've done three internships in physical therapy, I've done psychiatry internship. And then uh, I moved to Boston with my girlfriend at the time and said, you know what? I'm going to do product marketing for uh, this internet company because that makes sense. Uh, actually, have you heard of Wayfair? No. Okay. They're the uh, largest online e-retailer in the u.s now really okay they weren't called back then in 05 and 06 they were called csn stores but um they rebranded the ipo a year and a half ago they're doing real well so i mean that's awesome for them but it was a fun place to work um and kind of there is where i figured out okay i don't want to go to med school because that was initially the plan um, you're going to be a doctor and I was, decided because, against it because, you know, no one's ever heard of an Indian guy being a doctor so it's like, <laughs> or an engineer, right? Yeah, that never happens. No, never. Yeah. Um, I thought I would have had to develop an accent to properly do those things. And I just, I suck at it. So I know you're Michigan all the way. Right. Well, I grew up in Chicago too. So fuck Chicago. No, just kidding. Well, I, like I got a socks hat on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mm-hmm. I am a Sox, Bears, Bulls fan. Um, that not, aside, a, not, a, not a Cubs fan. Oh, I. So when I was a kid, and I realized this has nothing to do. Actually, this has everything to do with me. Fuck that. Yeah, that's good. Um, hey, this is not that podcast where we we could talk about whatever we want, man. So let's, let's talk about how I much think, we well, hate I think the Cubs. Like, I was six years old, and I think I was writing letters, and then um, I think it was Mayor Daly at that time. Yeah, growing up. So. I was six and I kept writing letters to the mayor 
trying to get him to contract the Cubs and have them move and never come back. <laughs> so I like to think of it as I was ambitious from the start about my hatred for the Cubs, you know? So you, you actually wrote them, like you just what, ship were, them off to like Springfield, Illinois, or like what? You know, I don't know exactly where they went. Just not here. I just know that. Well, I mean, like we lived in Chicago at yeah, that time. Not in Chicago. So uh, we lived in Chicago till I think I was like seven or eight, and then we moved to Kalamazoo. And then... Even then, every weekend, or at least, you know, two, three weekends a month, we'd be in Chicago because that's all my parents knew. That's where our friends were. Um, but, yeah, so I hated the Cubs from an early, early age. And that's important because I still hate them. <laughs> so, I mean, ladies, I'm looking right in the camera right now. You see that commitment? That is commitment. That right? is Leia's commitment. Yeah. From eight years old, you've hated the Cubs. No, I hated the Cubs since I was like zero. So, yeah, you start. How, do your I parents would, hate the Cubs? Uh, we're a White Sox family. We were in the Southwest, uh, like burbs in between Willow Springs, Chicago area. So, is it like a dividing line? Cubs fans live over on that side of the tracks. It's and like Sox um, fans live on on this side. I was gonna, well, yeah, I was gonna say the Sox are the South side, the Cubs are the North side, but the Cubs are also popular with all the douchebags who <laughs> just want to be Cubs fans. <laughs> but but the Cubs also pull a lot of hot girls and. There's they don't know the air of their ways yet. They don't know. Just you know what? Come over to the white side. Get, yeah, if there's it. one reason to be a Cubs fan, that's probably it. Right there? Yeah. Do you know who Todd Brittingham is? I don't, but it doesn't sound like a hot girl. No, no, he's married too. You should go friend him and just trash the Cubs all the time. He loves the Cubs and Dennis Fast. You know who Dennis Fast yeah. is, right? Yeah. yeah, they get into it all the time where Dennis goes on and just trashes the Cubs for it. Really? Oh, yeah. Drives Todd crazy. It's hilarious too. Oh, Todd, Todd Brittingham. I don't know the name. I know. Uh, I was thinking of Todd Waller. No, no, I don't. Yeah, he. I just had him on the podcast last week. He's oh, actually his podcast is being released today sometime. So nice. Um. Oh yes. Okay. So how did I get into things? Yeah. Um, so I don't want to okay, be a doctor. And Boston. I realized I don't want to be a doctor. Uh, we moved back to Michigan, and uh, one of our family friends is a professor in the MBA school at Western. So. They were like, oh, why don't you go, you know, go speak to, uh, we call him uncle. So I spoke to him for a couple of minutes and he's like, my best friend at work, his name is Sheldon Langsam. He's an accounting professor. Just go talk to him. I went in and I spoke to Dr. Langsam for, I don't know, 30 minutes. I came out and said, fuck it. I'm going to do it. That guy um, must be an excellent salesman. He sold you on accounting. It took me three seconds to move to Boston. So it's not really the toughest thing to get me to do things. <laughs> um, especially on camera. Yeah. Um, so, um, they, I mean, they were Western got me in and out with all of my undergrad and graduate, uh, business classes in 16 months, which is good and bad because I took accounting one and two together and three and four and six together. Oh, geez. So I didn't know what the hell was going on at the time. Um, just, just all hell of numbers. It was, Yeah, it was. And like, I knew so little about accounting and business early on that because I was graduate, like going through this undergrad and graduate, all these classes concurrently in such a rapid pace, I was also applying before I really knew anything. Um, so I forgot to apply to one of the big four because I didn't know the name of it. There's four, uh, well, I guess the big four means there's four yeah. large professional firms in the world. We're not in your circle. What, what would those firms be? There's Deloitte and Touche. Price Waterhouse Coopers, PWC is what it's called, um, 
There's KPMG and Ernst and Wong, uh, Ernst and Young, which is also called ENY. That's the one I know. I don't really know. I'm just drive by and say, I see the building. I yeah, don't know what the fuck like they do. That. Now I know. So like, they're accounting. Yeah, they get the shiny, shiny building down yeah, there. Right. They do. Campus marshes. Um, they're the one I forgot to apply to. You <laughs> <laughs> did too fast. You did too fast. Well, I, was like, I didn't know. I was like, and then I just, yeah, I ended up taking a Deloitte offer and, uh, I was like, all right, I'm just going to move to Detroit now. So came over here, getting into real estate was almost as random. Um, business partner Ashley like she was doing an MBA at Oakland and her professor I can't remember I think it was business law but he is a, a real estate lawyer and you know he kept preaching buy real estate get into real estate so she was you know telling me you know why don't we start this business up why don't we get into real estate I'm like all right, all right why not so they were like Okay, let's go look at houses, or let's go look at apartment buildings in Detroit. Oh, but that was fun. This seemed like such a great venture. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, like, you know how sometimes you see a picture of someone and you're like, wow, they're attractive, and you meet them in real life, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't even know how you found that angle. Yeah, you exactly. photoshopped the shit exactly. out of that. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, you see all those selfies, girls taking up this direction. That's what apartment buildings in Detroit are like. Because there was one, I was like, oh, shoot, it's 14 units. can't remember where exactly it was, along Greenfield or something, around 6 or 7. So we go there and we check it out with the uh, with a realtor. This is one of her family friends. There's I <laughs> So there's no doors. There's no windows. There's no lights. Wow. There's, is there a roof? There's a roof. That's a good start. A roof I is mean, a good start. It was, it was like. I think I know exactly where that been, is. Yeah. That picture must have been, I don't know, 10 years old and remastered or something. Yeah, they, they found, they <laughs> dug through like the old MLS or something. They go, oh, I got a photocopy when it used to be nice. Exactly. Post that one. the color back in. Yeah. Um, Did it look like Technicolor? It, it was the most, it was the most <laughs> heinous thing. I was like, I would like, I told Ashley, like, you're not even getting out of the car. No. Yeah, no. Like, we're and so I mean we saw a few of those things. We looked at different commercial properties. We didn't really know what to do. Um so then we are one of those people that Okay, so I told you I'm spontaneous. So I heard a commercial on the radio. And I was like, Oh, real estate, cool. All right, so I called it. Don't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what number was no. this you called that you can't do? It was a 900 number. No. Yeah. Um, How much per minute? Yeah. 25,000. No. <laughs> um, Better be good. Oh, God. It was great. It was the best 13 <laughs> seconds of my life. Um, but so we actually ended up joining Fortune Builders, which I mean, I'm sure you've heard of. Hey, with. We've all done it, right? Right. So, and I mean, I don't regret it in the slightest, like, because made some good connections out of it and things like that. It's um, what they're seeking is uh, more towards, you know, creating a, a business where you're just continually flipping, which has never really been my thing. Like uh, Ashley was more into flipping and getting active income. Me, I, you know, I, I already had a career that I, I enjoyed. Like, you know, yeah, you want a passive income. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it was always like, well, I just want to buy rental properties. Um, so, I mean, it was good in the sense that I met certain people, like I met, uh, Eric and Kathy Persho, which, you know, 
I get along with him sometimes. Sometimes he's a dick. Yeah, he, you he heard you is. heard you heard that, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think, I don't know if Eric listens to the podcast. It's okay. It's all right. I yeah. see him sometimes. He hates friend. my fucking guts because I, I've I heard. Yeah. I've heard. If I recall, there's a bus incident, right? Yeah, I don't know about a bus, but uh, what it was was I made a shitty remark during that ALS ice bucket challenge because I'm. Oh yeah, no, I did it. I did make an extra effort though to point out that I thought it was stupid to, and this is one of the things I'm concerned about that nobody else gives a shit about. I think it's stupid that we poop in drinking water when most of the world would do a lot for drinking water, right? And then I just said, hey, I think it's a great thing. Uh, but yeah, pouring the water over your head, the ice water, the challenge, it just, I thought that was stupid. I'm happy they raised all the money. I'm happy it's helped all the people. I just think there's a, could we have thought a way of doing this without wasting all the fresh? And this was during right. the worst part of the California. And he somehow took that as fuck ALS research. His father had died of ALS. Fuck your father. And that's not what I meant at all. Right. But and then his mother sent uh, a nasty email. She was never coming back to RDI ever again, which is fine. She's entitled to feel that way. Right. And I get I get how that could be upsetting. But I personally do not have a problem with him. No, I'm I mean, sure he's I, fine. I, 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 what he mentioned to me was that he told you to walk in front of a bus. Yes, he did. Um, and then he wanted me to try the plastic bag challenge. Oh, yes. Which is tie the plastic bag <laughs> over my head until I stopped breathing, I think. You're like, I did it three times. I realized I liked it. Yeah. Um, I, I, obviously, I have like, not done that. So, no. But they're very active. They are. Yeah. yeah. Saying, like, and extremely aggressive. I was going to say, like, they, you know, they, they know what's going on. Actually, yeah. And ironically, smart. you're talking about the ALS challenge. I wore this shirt when I dumped I It was... Not a bucket because I was at the, actually at the Parthenon in Greece. So I walked up the steps and uh, dumped a ice water what, a bottle on my head, which felt great. Middle and, of the summer. Oh, God. It was like yeah. 90 some degrees there. Like, oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, it was kind of cool, actually. I mean, yeah. how many people get to do it like with the Parthenon, like six feet behind them on, well, on the steps um, with the tan chocolate shirt? Yeah. Um, I love that shirt. <laughs> So where was I going with this? Yeah. So, I mean, I've met, you know, a number of people through that. Um, it's just been, I look at it as another opportunity for networking. Um, there's different meetings that occur from that fortune builder group. There's different people I get to meet. Um, it kind of jumpstarted the whole process. So, I mean, that's important from that standpoint. Um, you know, we were a little bit lost early on. Uh, eventually I ended up buying our first rental property, but then in 2015 is when, uh, so we joined uh, fortune build, I should say in March, February, March, 2014. Okay. Uh, 2015 is late 2014, early 2015 is when we really started trying to put more attention to things. That's when I left my consulting job. Um, we picked up a house in Holly. We I think it took us a couple months to get that done. It was our first flip. Uh, we sold it off. I mean, we did fine on it. We had a 25% return or something. That's pretty good. Yeah. Not bad, especially for your first flip. Yeah, I know. Right? I lost money on my first one, so you're oh, already doing better than Yes. yes. <laughs> that's what, you know. Of course, that's you did what one that and done. That's what one and done means. Yeah. Like, we did one, one and, and we were like, peace. I thought um, it was hit it and quit it. No? So, oh. yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a joke. We don't condone that, children. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> if you're going to do it, make sure it's a good time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, 
the flip was fun. The fact it was in Holly was a pain in the ass because I live in Royal Oak. And I mean, you know, I still, even though I have a flexible schedule, uh, it's still a pain. It's 45 minutes to get out there from Royal Oak. I mean, I assume it's the same from here, roughly 45, maybe 55, whatever. Um, So just that's a lot of involvement that I don't want. You know, like there's a reason that it's active income. Yeah. Because you have to be actively involved. I don't like that. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you work a lot at your, I mean, how many hours you spend punching, crunching numbers and shit too? I mean, when I was in consulting, when I was with Deloitte, I mean, I used to hit, uh, there were certain weeks where it'd be 40, 45, but I've hit as high as 105. Yeah. You know, and the last six months I was there, I was every two or three weeks, I was going to a different location. I was, I traveled for about six months straight and averaged about 80, 85 hours a week. Yeah. But you don't have time to be flipping, you know? Well, yeah. yeah I mean, just, it's just working then, your ass off. Even the consulting thing, I was doing, you know, 50 to 60, but it's just you're always kind of uh, paying attention to, what's coming in, what you got to do in terms of the work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, once there was more flexibility, we got into that. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the flip was fun, and I know that Ashley enjoys that more than I do. Um, I'm not creative. You know, I, I look at a house or I look at a kitchen. I can't visualize what it's going to look like. Um, that's just not a skill I have. And that's perfectly fine. Like, you know, I'm very good from the investment angle. Like, I understand what makes sense to buy something at, what numbers make sense. Uh, You know, I can compare things. So I have that sort of skill set. Um, But if you ask me, should we paint the cabinets, you know, brown or black, I'll I'll just say yes. Yeah, I don't (laughs) know. Yeah. yeah. Paint whatever color you want. Right. Like, you know, I don't care what people like. I'm like, all right, they like the shaker style cabinets that are white right now. That's, why is it? Why has it got to be white, man? White, white. <laughs> they like it sour cream. I'm you, sorry. You ran right into it. You ran right <laughs> into it. Yeah. I figured we crossed every other line. Why not that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> now that we checked all the boxes, we're good to go. We get no ex- racial slurs. Right? Yeah. Okay. No racial slurs. Okay. Yeah. We, we agreed to that before the podcast. <laughs> um. See, it's important to set upfront contracts. Yeah. It's, like, it's all right, true. we're just maybe going to go a little easy on the other <laughs> right. you know, racial slurs. Um. But yeah, I mean, was it fun? Yes. Was it a learning experience? Unquestionably. It's just not the way I want to spend my time. And there's a lot of people who do want to do that. You know, more power to them. And that's one reason that I don't like look for the active marketing either because, you know, I don't need the the deals for flipping. Like, so be it. Like the houses I want, you know, for a price point of rentals are really I want to be in in the 30 to 70 range. And, you know, I mean, if it comes from a wholesaler, so be it. They put the work in, you know, or from the MLS or right. any other way. Right. Right. Like, I mean, we, we each have, uh, we have our own skill sets. Right. So I always figure like, you know, people ask me, Oh, do you do the work yourself in any of the houses? Well, hell no, I can't, I cannot hang a picture. It'll be crooked like that one right there. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't hang a picture. Well, not if you don't want it done right. Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm so unhandy. And I tell them, I'm like, you know, I mean, I look at the, uh, the value of my time and where it's best spent and what I'm good at is something else. And I can make a lot more doing that 
and paying someone else to do the work and I'll end up in a surplus situation. That's a good point. So you're leveraging other people's strong right. suits your- and then leveraging your strong suits. And Right. I mean, if you can do something where your value is, we'll just say, for example, 50 bucks an hour and you essentially have to pay someone 20, 25 bucks an hour to do the work. Does it make any sense for you to be doing that work if you can't do it as well as that person? That's an excellent point. And you probably can't do it as well as that person. No, yeah. no, God, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a handy person and that's why, you know, I rely on people that are like, I'm good with financials and things like that. And I enjoy the recruiting and I'm like, I figure I'd rather let people do what they do. I'll do what I do. And we both end up happy in the end. So is that why you partnered with Ashley? Cause she was good at things you weren't good at and she wanted to partner with you cause you were good. I mean, well, I mean at that time we were dating, so it was okay. kind of a, uh, a partnership regardless, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, but it did result. I mean, the big thing was like when, when you look at it, we both had very different skill sets. Like, and don't get me wrong, she's an accountant too. But when it comes to like being creative, that's definitely her. And when it comes to being analytical, I'm analytical enough that it's a pain in the ass. Like, but you combine it, it does work. So, because I mean, you talk about the, uh, the houses we've uh, gone in on, for the most part, they've been solid investments. I mean, the first house I bought in Michigan, the first house I bought originally was uh, in Memphis. That's that first rental property. So about a year ago, in uh, January of 15, I bought my first Michigan house, rental property at least, um, and that was in Waterford. I think we got it for 27. I put another 15 into it. So we're in for forty two, and I think I've run it's running out for thirteen hundred right now. Damn, that's and, a good deal. And the guy wants to re up for a two year at fourteen hundred. He'll have paid off the house in three years. Yeah, that's an it's excellent like, investment. Yeah. How'd you find that deal? Um, have you heard of uh, I think what's his name, Dennis? Dennis. His last name starts with a K. I'm trying to remember right now, but uh, is that the Kubo folks or no, the, no, no, no? He Honestly, you probably haven't met him. Yeah, I don't think because I have. he he's an aspiring wholesaler. It's the only deal he's done, and he doesn't typically go to networking things. And for this deal, he was trying to go to the uh, the Bigger Pockets meetup or whatever it's called, Metro Detroit Real yeah, Estate. Yeah, Metro Investor. Detroit. We're, I was just there last night, yeah. Mister Tom Otterman. I wanted yeah. to be there. I had a. Uh, an Institute of Internal Auditors meeting that I attended. That sounds fun. It, it was oh god. Yeah. Institute yeah. of Internal Anything. Auditors. That's right. You can jerk off to that. Anyway. Yeah, boy. Um, that's that's hot. Is that is that kosher? Yeah, no. Okay. Dude, it's fine. <laughs> Only thing we agreed to is no racial slurs. Right, okay. Yeah. I don't want that I wasn't fucking sure, hate. You know. Yeah. Sexual. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's um, fine. I live on those. You know? um, it's my fuel. Right. So, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. No, okay. you're explaining. So yeah, was, Dennis. Oh, Dennis. He doesn't um, normally like network. Our hands just touched. Yeah. Um, but. So Dennis was- I'm going to keep that last comment to myself that I almost said. You know I was in the Navy, right, BJ? Yeah. yeah okay. Subs? Anyway, keep well, going. I got a Navy hat in the car. Yeah. Um, so Give it back. Dennis was- <laughs> You want the tie, too? No. You can keep the tie um, for later. 
<laughs> smells like me. All right, keep going. So Dennis was trying to go to one of the uh, the meetups, and he was in the right place but the wrong area. Um, so he went to a different part of the bar and just started talking to people, thinking that they were real estate investors. Damn, that's hardcore right there. Well, <laughs> trying to yeah, sell this Dennis house. Dennis will walk up to anybody. He is fearless. I want to meet Dennis. And, well, he's fearless, but he really wasn't paying attention to his surroundings, I guess, because no one was a real estate investor. But there was the one of the guys he spoke to owns a business and had a bunch of houses, a couple of which he was trying to sell. One of which was this Waterford house. So, I mean, Dennis never actually had it under contract, but we did help him through the process. Like, and just, I mean, for good measure, you know, we paid him out like the wholesale fee, even though we had the contract directly with the owner. Um, so he definitely, yeah, he found it. It was completely by accident, but, you talk about like in the guy just he is fearless. That he'll go talk to anybody anytime about anything. Um I mean unfortunately I know he hasn't put the commitment in towards real estate since then, but I mean, does he have the ability with that sort of like that general just you know what, I'm gonna go up and talk to anybody? Dude, that's jumping all over opportunity and just strangling it. Yeah, you know, like what well, this guy, I mean, oh I got him. If there was a commitment there, man, he could he could be really good at it. That's an excellent I love that it was like an accident or a mistake, whatever you want to call it, and it actually resulted in a deal. Yeah. Right. I mean, we definitely had to walk him through the process, um because the owner was not willing to have a wholesaler involved. So I mean we you know, I mean, whatever, we gave uh the purchase price was twenty five. We gave Dennis two. Um, Plus, you got it done for him, right? So he got free consulting, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like you know, we took care of the process for him. We also, I think, to some extent, uh, involved uh, Ron Wallraven. We've always used Ron as a springboard because he knows a lot. Oh, yeah, that He's dude been around. That dude salty. Yeah, right. yeah. So, thousands of deals, literally thousands yeah. of deals. Yeah, the guy knows his shit. So, yeah. I mean, it's nice to always have like someone like Ron in your back pocket. Like, you know, you can text him about something or he'll help you with something. We've paid him uh, nominal fees on a couple of our houses just because he helps help facilitate and teach. Um, so, there's no reason not to. Like, yeah. you know, it makes you better at what you do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dennis did this deal. That's how we got the first one. So that was through a wholesaler. That's I think, a damn good deal, though. Oh, God. It was, yeah, it's nuts. Don't you wish you get 10 more of those? Yeah. Dennis, if you're listening to this, get your <laughs> fucking ass back out there and right. get some more deals like that, man. Commitment, man. That's a you good can find job. Him, you can find him at the Mex. He yeah. likes to drink margaritas at the Mex. <laughs> um, That's his wholesaling but, strategy. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. you have a house to sell? Come have a drink with me. That actually is a pretty good impression of him. I know you've never met him. I've never met but him. That's yeah. kind of his mannerism. Yeah. It worked, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, then, I mean, after that, I think everything has primarily been MLS. One was a short sale. It took a year to get. Yeah, that's so, why I hate short sales. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was awesome. I put the bid in November of 2014. For seventy grand in Ferndale, it's over. Uh, it's like southeast Ferndale area. That's a, that's a good deal. It was three one and a half, just under twelve hundred. 
Um, you could probably wholesale that for ninety right now, probably. Oh, I'm, I did slip it else. for more. Like, yeah. So there is uh, problems with the flashing around the chimney, and since it's a short sale, it took forever to close. By the time the bank was ready to close, it was uh, late June, I think, or mid July, somewhere in that time frame of uh, 2015 now and there had become I mean with the flashing problem the water damage yeah a lot worse Yeah, it had gone through the second floor into the floors for damaged the wood floors gone into the basement Um, so I got pissed off Um, and I was just you know I told a short sale negotiator who I managed to become friends with now um, you know what I don't know that I really want to deal with this right now. I've got other projects going on. I'm busy because we had another Waterford project that we were doing and a Fenton project. Um, so I just said, okay, I'm just going to drop my offer to 50 to get out of it. Well, they took it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you mad? You didn't pick a low enough number. She just said 40. Well, I mean, so I finally got this house. Like, we finally closed on it end of November of 2015. So year later yeah it took a full over a year um and i have a guy working on it right now uh i kind of had to push it back just because we have the other projects still so i'm gonna be into it for including new windows and whatnot nine thousand to make it rent ready and it should be done next week yeah you'll be Um, able to flip that you made ninety thousand right what's that you're into it for ninety thousand no not, I put nine thousand. Okay, so you fixing it. So I'll be bought it for fifty, and then nine. Damn, I'm renting it. I'm gonna rent it out. It's I'm not gonna a, air this until he sells it to me. <laughs> I thought about if I fixed it, I could probably sell that one for about a buck twenty, buck yeah. thirty. Um, but I'm just. I mean, I'm renting it out. Now keep I'm, that. That'll be that'll be two hundred another five years the way Ferndale's that's going. What I figure. And yeah. I mean, I, some of my former staff from Deloitte are uh, interested in it at like twelve hundred a month so that's a cash plus, cow i mean these are people that you know i know and trust and i was the boss like you know it's and i know that they have very solid income you know so it's uh no reason for me not to do that and then figure it out a few years down the line um so i've been lucky with a couple of houses not as lucky with one okay <laughs> let's talk about that one what, what the one what would you tell me about this one so Ashley wanted a house on the water. This is Ashley's fault. This is what <laughs> I like what? how you started with that. Ashley, are you listening this to this? This is women. Uh, yeah. um, oh, there we go. Misogyny, too. Yes. The podcast um, is complete. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was, um, we picked it up for 30, I think. 30, 35. And it's in Waterford. It's facing the lake and there's no houses in the way between it and the lake there's a public not, not a private park that's between it and the lake um so you can join the homeowners association for 300 bucks a year have access to that private park private beach and you can tie up your boat so i mean that's not a bad deal problem with this house is there had been water sitting in it for i don't know how long there was mold everywhere uh, both neighbors said don't get it so you bought the it. renovations to this house were extensive. Um, the only thing that's the same is the outside frame. Um, so much so that the crawl space was dug out another six or eight inches. 
all the, you know, the whole crawl space you dug out. It was like, it was not like the crawl space before. Why'd you have to dig out the crawl space? It was just not enough room. This wasn't. No shit. Who built that fucking thing? Midget? No, I was going to say Mickey Mouse. I'm sorry. Little people. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus, Jeremy. Jeez. Okay, who, who else can we offend? I was born in the 80s. It's not my fault, right? This is back when G.I. Joe, you can hit your wife still and you know, America. G.I. Joe. Yeah, you remember that? All the cartoons? Yeah, yeah. G.I. Joe was great, man. I got to work on that. So you had to dig out. Man, it's just, it's, so. And obviously, did you even look and see before? You're like, oh, no, it's fine. Then, oh, by the way, I have to dig out another half a foot. This house had a lot of problems. That was not the that was not the biggest. I mean, everything had to go. We took out a two thousand pound chimney, apparently. Damn. And what it was is it was recreated with the intention of having a lake house six, seven, eight years down the line. So it had a dual purpose. It wasn't strictly just an investment property. Because I mean it's we ripped out that uh that huge chimney. We made it from a three-bedroom into two large bedrooms. Uh, there's brand-new granite throughout, new cabinets, new flooring, subflooring, studs, everything. Everything's new. Um, uh, so, I mean, it has a different purpose than just an investment. Because, I mean, the thought was, I'm trying to... I, think, I don't know if it's rented out right now. I've given it to Castle. I need to check in on the You can app. check on the app, actually. I could. You I could. could. I could tell I you how many applicants... I see. I'm not savvy enough like these kids today with these apps on my phone. Oh, please! I'm, you know, <laughs> I usually just use my phone for like sexting and <laughs> stuff like that, and that's why Jeremy gave you my number in the beginning. Yeah, sexting. I'm expecting just to receive tons of pictures of panties and shit and women. That that's who <laughs> listens, right? You, you're gonna get pictures <laughs> of like holy male underwear, <laughs> middle-aged underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, is those tidy whiteies? Hanes? No, don't send me that. Yeah. Brown Mark Kung? Yeah, five years old. Like, you've been wearing that. You bought that from the 90s. Yeah. Welcome to middle-aged married life, man. Right. That's this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So text them your... your, Nah, don't do that. No, please don't. No. Unless you're hot. Yeah. Um, Don't do it And female. Um, Well, you know what? No, (laughs) Why limit yourself? Right. You know, yeah. it's what if they important. identify as female? You know, Does that work? baseball, there's guys who are switch hitters. And <laughs> you know what? It just provides them an additional opportunity to uh, see the ball better. Let's see what I said. I told you he was fun. This is, so, I knew how this this was how it was going to go. So it's going to be one of those, which is fine. Yeah, I was going to say it's less about real estate, more of yeah. general banter. Yeah, just insulting everybody. Right. Just make sure we check every box before we're done. I like I, to see myself as an equal opportunity offender. Yeah. Like my 200 listeners are two listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you both. <laughs> <laughs> They're both felons. <laughs> this reminds me of jail. <laughs> so anyway, um, you're doing this house, like everything, brand new, everything, brand new, everything. Contractors are a pain in the ass. Like, um, we don't use those contractors anymore. And I'm sure everyone who listens to this or is involved in, Investing understands that contractors pretty much have a shelf life. They do. And if it's a big project, that shelf life may only be one project. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we found um, they were good guys. Don't get me wrong. But they were in certain financial distress and they constantly needed money. 
Um, so it was always constantly, hey, can we get a couple hundred dollars? Hey, can you meet us here? Give us a few dollars. I hate that. And um, it was sort of a pain in the ass because of the how extensive the work needed, like how much work there was to be done that we couldn't just up and be like, you know what, screw you guys. We'll find someone else right now because kind of. It's like a marriage it. for a project. You really want to, to see say, it through. If you got to switch halfway through, it could be expensive. Like right? they tell you in poker that you're supposed to, you know, fold if it doesn't make sense, no matter how much you're in. Right. But it's tough to do that when you start looking like, oh, you know, I've got $50 in the pot. I don't want to give up on it now. And it's kind of like that because, yeah, like you fire this contractor, you've got a sunk cost into it. They've done some work, sure. Then you have to find another one, vet them out, and you'll go through the same damn thing. Yeah. Might as well finish it with this one. Right. And then fuck them later. You know, I'm done. Yeah. Pack sand. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, eventually it's finished. Uh, trying to run it out now. Uh, but it was just way, way too much effort, way too much money, uh, way too much time. Uh, but... If it pans out properly, I guess I'll have a house on the lake in seven or eight years. Ladies, you, I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> he uh, has a house on a li- <laughs> what lake is this, though? Elizabeth Lake. I don't, okay, I know where that's at. Yeah. Okay, because I didn't. There's a lot of lakes. There, there. are a lot of lakes. So that's why, why it's called Waterford. Yeah. But I know where that one is. I looked yeah. at a house on that one. Okay. So. It's on the east side of it. So... Um. I wonder yeah. if it was the same house. Does this have foundation? No, because this didn't have a crawl. This had a basement with foundation issues. So never mind. I was wondering oh, if it was okay. the same house I looked at. It's not. I just no, it's, it's on Lakeside Drive. Um, but, I mean, you know. Did you go over budget? It, you, did, oh, God. Budget was it's not even a joke. Yeah. It's like, no, I mean, I uh, that house I got six figures into. Hmm. I, I, I hit the 100 mark. Um, on a lake, though. How much do you think it's worth? Maybe a buck twenty, buck thirty. Okay, so yeah, you went over a little bit. I mean, yeah, but I also know, like, did we do things that weren't necessary to make it just a rental property? Mm. Um, You know, yes. Did that huge chimney need to come out? Did we need a kitchen bar? Did we need to change from three rooms to two large rooms? You know, did we need to pick out a little bit nicer of a floor? Um. You know, probably not all those things, but it was kind of the long-term thought process. Like the granite's not going to go anywhere in like seven, eight years, I hope. No. Unless someone lifts it. Yeah. Um, Don't do that. Yeah. You got insurance for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting new, better granite. Right. And so, I mean, it's got a new hot water heater, washer, dryer, new stove, furnace. It's got one of those furnaces in the attic. Yeah, that's always weird. Well, it was really weird because I went in and I couldn't find the furnace. Like, where and is I, it? You know, like, I mean, I haven't been in real estate for that long at that time. And I was like, all right, is it, you know, that's that's cute. I've You know, I know houses don't always have air conditioning, but I thought they had some fucking heat. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, everybody in the South now is laughing at us because, okay, in Michigan, almost everybody wants a basement. And usually... If the furnace isn't in the basement, it's usually in the crawl or kind of tucked back in like the back room or the right. mud room, right? 
But in the South, they put everything because in the South, most of it's sand, so they don't do basements. Oh. And they, they do slabs on sand and they put the plumbing in the ceiling. They put the furnace. They do everything through the ceiling. So it sounds weird to them. But in Michigan, that is strange. You would not do that usually. So you um, don't know where to look. If you, 99% of, of your yeah. houses, it's gonna, it's just not there. So yeah, a lot of people are like, Oh, the furnace is in the attic. Yeah. It's you know, strange it here. It's dumbfounding. Yeah. It's like, um, but yeah, I mean, so it, it's a uh, dual purpose house, I should say. So the fact that it went over budget is not surprising, given that it was redesigned with the intention of being a little bit a love nicer shack. layout. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love shack. shack. Something, something. <laughs> the VJ love shack. Yeah, girls. <laughs> this podcast. How did anybody get rid of you, VJ? I'll never know. How much do you think it'll rent for? Uh, I'm trying to get 1200 on it right now. Okay. So, do you think you'll get it? Uh, I've had interest, uh, but then I stopped showing it because it's too far of a drive for me. Yeah. So That's when you turned it over to Castle. Be like, you know, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a smart move. Because it's like 35 minutes for me, and it's just kind of a pain to be like, uh, like the flexibility I mentioned before at work, what they allow me to do now is I work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday for 10-hour days. Wednesdays, I take off for real estate stuff, which is today. That is awesome. Um, you worked it into your life. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they're completely cool with it. Uh, but what that means is like if I'm trying to show the house and they don't want to wait till Wednesday, I have to do it like 7 a.m. On yeah, an, I can see that be a restriction. They're like, just, never mind. It's out of the way and, you know. Things like that. So I'm like, all right, yeah. So I just handed it over. Uh, I have, so I mean, my interaction with Castle has not been terribly long. I just, uh, I was impressed with uh, just, I mean, I met with Max last year, Ashley and I did. And just, you know, I seemed like a bright kid. I did my research on uh, the program they were involved in. I forget what it was called right now. It's like VFA or VFW or something. Um, yeah, it's the God. What is it? Um, I'm, you know it's what? Entrepreneurial venture one, right? Yeah. And then I, I saw, you know, I researched them, found the seed funding they got, and things like that. Um, so I mean, I tried to do some due diligence. I understood that they're uh, broke it under Ron, and uh, you know, it's a guy I generally trust. So I texted him about it, and he said, you know, they do things well, they do things right. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, they've got that house right now. I'm probably going to give them my Ferndale house to try to rent out. If I can get a tenant in there in March. VentureforAmerica.org. I went and looked so while we were VFA, talking. Right. Yep. Venture for America. I, this is why I have that all the show notes. Man. Check yeah. That shit out. Went back to it. It's all this stuff is porn. a lot of people wouldn't realize most of this stuff is actually written beforehand. Doesn't mean I ask the questions or I sometimes ask different questions, but I actually write up every single podcast so I don't have to guess. So I just went back and looked. So, VentureforAmerica.org. Nice. So. When do you have uh, do you have Max or Barry on here? Yeah, I did actually. I had uh, not Barry, but I had, no, I did have Barry on Barry Conrad and Tim on one. So oh, okay. first one was Max and Tim. Yeah. The second one was um, Barry and Tim. So okay. yeah, I need to have them on again here in another six months. Okay. Those guys are going to the top. There, it's just you talk about. Um, when you see talent in oh, someone yeah. and you see intelligence and ambition, uh, you just, yeah, like you get that feeling about them that they have that drive that 
Um, that's some next level shit, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like I'm not, I can't even touch that, you know, like, right. oh, I'm doing pretty good. Then you meet people like that. You're like, I'm a fucking idiot. I know. I, I haven't know. done anything. I've wasted my life. I'm going to go off myself. Thanks, man. They're like 23, <laughs> 24, 25 and yeah. 26. I'm like, what the hell? I'm just wasting away. Right. They're that smart and that committed and that hardworking. And they've got money from some serious folks. Like, oh, I was going to say, I saw you, you look up their seed funding too. Yeah. It's from their VFA, uh, uh, the initial, what do you call it? Yeah, I'm going to call it Kickstarter, but I know it's not Kickstarter. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, they had an idea they ran with it and I'm curious to see where it goes. Like the only reason when I met with Max last year that I was a little skeptical is you don't want to be the first one to jump onto a boat. You know, you're always kind of like, all right, let me see what happens. And then I'm willing to, you know, consider it. And I guess another thing I did learn was uh, at that point, they didn't have a broker. They didn't have a broker until I think, what, three weeks ago? Yeah, not very long ago. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Is, is it Michigan law that you need a broker for property manager or is that national? No, it is a Michigan law. And actually, it's gray, but they decided they didn't want to. It's not. It's not as clear as, and like most laws written by dumbass primates, it's not as clear as it would right. be. And then they finally decided, you know what? I'll err on the side of caution. Right. So, well, I mean, actually, talk about laws written by dumbass primates. Yeah. I'm sure you just saw the one where uh, oral and anal is uh, considered a, is it punishable at 15 years? Yeah. Well, that's actually been, they, it was struck down. Oh, struck down. It's good, been, good, good. It, the, it's been on the books for a long time in the Michigan State Supreme Court. Um, <clears throat> there's a shot yeah, it down a victory for sodomy right there. There you go. I wonder how you enforce that one. I know baby, but I can't, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> the law so says I was going to give you head, but I but can't. Shit, yeah. Shit, you know? It ain't happening. I'm going to do 10 to 15. Yeah. <laughs> so. those bastards. But yeah, I know they didn't want to be in a gray area anymore and just decided, you know, okay. Cause I knew it was not? tucked into another, like yeah. a, a law that actually made sense. Right. Related to, uh, Speciality, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it was, and it is a good question to ask. Are you licensed in the state of Michigan? And if you're not, for speciality? No, I think, I think we're talking about property management. Oh, yeah. I was, anyways. <laughs> I don't think you need a license for that. Don't do it. <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> I don't think you need, you know, you, I was like, yes. I don't know what sort of license Check that, that box. Is. If they did, don't well, fill yes, it I out. It's zoo. a trap. They're like, yeah, yeah, all you got to do is file a license. Just sign right here. All right, you're going to jail. 15 years on a zoo jerk off the zebra. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were, yeah. Uh, Zebras can't property. consent. <laughs> um, a license for property management. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, so those guys I've given them, uh, I'm probably in the last three weeks, I gave them that first house on Lakeside and Waterford. I'm going to give them the one in Ferndale. Um, and yeah, I'm curious to see, how they work out because it's just the feeling I get is one that, like I said, you, you just, you get that it feeling when you speak to them and it's uh, you know, I like that. I realize, you know, have they been doing it long? No. Are they going to have bumps? Yes. They're going to have growing pains, but you know what? I think they're smart enough to figure it out. Hell yeah. I really do. They're already over 300 units. Considering that a year and a half ago yeah. they had no units, and now they're already over three hundred units. Right? Do you do you get their emails? Uh, I 
No, I don't get any marketing emails. I get the ones where it's like, this is how to better use our, uh, our app or our system. You should go to innercastle.com and then enter your email address for updates about their company. And then periodically, it looks like about once a month, they send out an email to people who are interested Mm -hmm. and they include a bunch of numbers, month to month growth, all that. I eventually, when I, when I unfuck my life more, I want to do that, but it's an amazing email. And that's how I know. I remember when they sent that first email, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll go sign up. Right. Right. And I get that first one. I'm like, okay. No, well, these guys are at a whole. There's our quick plug for uh, Castle, and yeah. I don't. I don't even know how I can plug someone that I really don't have a relationship with. But do that. Yeah. I'm curious about it too. And we're also going to set that up on uh, Jeremy's website, so you can see <laughs> when he goes from that second listener to that third one. That's right. You know, because well, that's, that's I just a lost that, increase right that there. second listener right there between all the. I guess they weren't innuendos. Those were just straight up sex jokes and the misogyny. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you might have gained a listener too. Yeah, they might the wrong not be one like related to real estate, but they're probably in the Taliban or something. Right, you know? right. I like this guy. Well, you know what? <laughs> I can speak to those people. <laughs> tan people chocolate. never know what the hell I am. Yeah. So. What are you? I'm tan chocolate. Baby. Yeah, I am. I was gonna say I'm Mexican, Puerto Rican, um, Arab, Indian. People have thought I'm Greek before. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, I told, well, I don't know. I grew up, I can totally tell that you're, well, I don't know. I would say. I like olives. Yeah, olives are good. I would definitely <laughs> say Indian. That would be, that would be my That'd guess. Be my and if guess I was too. wrong, it'd be Pakistan. Right. Right. Very similar. So. Because it should be all one country, but I'll leave that yeah, for. It kind of is. Yeah. Except all one people anyway. warring faction. Right? Yeah. Um, but. I have no idea where I was going with any of this. That's awesome. Um, no, you're turning, you were turning over your Ferndale property to oh, right. Castle. So giving yeah. it to Max and company. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to see where that goes. Like I also have the, uh, what is it? The duplex in Fenton. Uh, that's with, uh, you from our, you're familiar with the uh, drew, uh, Siget. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. in Royal Rose. Yep. Um, so I'm actually going to move it out of Royal Rose's wah, wah, wah. Yeah, uh, supervision to, I'm, I mean, I'm going to find a, a management company that's more local up there because it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's not, and Drew even acknowledges it's not in their target area. Yeah, that's way the it's fuck up there for them to get up there. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's not fair for them to try to accommodate that because, you know, he knows us and things like that. Um, and actually, that was a pretty good investment. We picked up that one MLS for forty grand. I think I put twenty five into it, so I'm about sixty five into it. Upper, lower, flat. Lower's running at seven seventy five a month. Upper. Well, I mean, Drew was having trouble renting that, so that's why I'm gonna. Upper units are always a little troubling to. A lot of people expressed interest, but it's just qualifying candidates for that type of uh living space is tough because you know some are coming off of a divorce which wrecked their credit and they don't have income or you know one or the other or something like that and it's just kind of like do i want to take the risk not really like is sure i'd love the extra 650 700 a month um yeah, you don't want the just, wrong person. You have to be prudent. You yeah, have to be prudent. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that one should end up good. Between the two units, it'll be, I don't know, 1400 a month on a $65,000 investment. But the biggest thing about that isn't the house. The house itself is, um, the house itself is kind of shit. But it's a five-minute walk to the downtown Ferndale area, which keeps building up. And it's a huge lot. You mean downtown Fenton? Or, yes, downtown yeah, Fenton. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry. I want to make sure I didn't jump. So, right, yeah, right. downtown. Um, so, you see some potential growth. Well, yeah. The stuff has been building up in Fenton on that street. A little path of progress we, investment kind of thing. Just get in front of it. And it's a huge, it's a big lot. Oh, yeah. So You can't see him right now. He, his eyes man. all got big. He starts smiling. It's like, you know, thinking about capital growth. <laughs> oh, I was going to talk about girls. Yeah, um, that, that too. Uh, but Bitches like big lots? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Some of that big lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but not so big you can't handle it. Right. You can handle it. Um, so, that's, yeah. That's it's, not it's my a, joke. It's a sizable a, lot. And a few years on the line, like, I mean, I just, you know, I'm going to rent it out. Or however long it takes and then just wait for an offer because what someone's going to do is they'll knock this house down and you can build you know a house that's much larger a little bit further back place on the property if you want and depending on you know what sort of growth fenton has over the next five six years it could be a, it, it could, could be, be an extra zero. Oh yeah i mean i probably i'd be waiting for a you know least i mean i'd consider it if it's in the 90s but we'll see i mean as it is like i'm not going to complain about a house that probably will throw off you know 13 1400 a month on 65 grand yeah no that's that's a good deal yeah do you scour the mls actively or what's your strategy for finding deals we've developed relationships with a couple of investor or excuse me with a couple of agents and um you know, if something comes along and it's just, you know, something catches our eye. Great. Like there's, I can't remember her last name. Her name is Mary. She's up in, uh, not up in the Fenton area, but somewhere around the Flint area. And she loves doing that research. Hmm. Like she, you know, she, she's not big into the listing side of things and taking, traditional buyers around she enjoys finding the investment stuff and then she'll just email she'll be like hey ashley vj there's this eight unit in clio 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 i don't know how it's pronounced. i've always said clio so clio, okay i could be doing it wrong no it's like miss clio right yeah. um and she'll be like uh there's the price i think we can get it down to this this is what it should rent for uh prelim it might need this much work or something or other you guys want to come check it out all right this was one of those houses that kind of occurred like that. Um, and what people were originally looking at this house for, I think the guy who owned it before us paid about 105 for it back in 05. Um, never lived in it. I think rented it out for a year or two. The goal was to rejoin the upper and lower unit to make it a big house like it originally was back in the forties before they sectioned it off. No. So it was a single family. Somebody yeah. turned it into a two family and right. they were going to try and turn it back. Right. Never did it. Um, just kept paying the taxes on it. And I mean, you know, the guy listed it for I think originally 75 then 65 then 55 and they didn't have any offers. So 
I offered, we offered 40 at, <laughs> and they took it. Damn it. Well, Should have offered 35. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Don't accept it. Right. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it seems like kind of a fine investment and mm-hmm. going to be fine. Like the house I said, you know, it needs work. Like it's got a little bit of sloping on the lower unit near the back of the house. But I mean, we did what we needed to, to make it nice. We repainted it, did some little bit of drywall work. We fixed the, I think all the plumbing is new in the house. And then I also think we had a, uh, an excavator come to replace the line out to the uh, street. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's all brand new. So that's good. Then we, uh, had a guy put in a semi-new furnace and we got semi-new would that be used a newer used furnace did i stutter i said it was (laughs) semi-new (laughs) semi-new which part of it was new (laughs) just curious the part that works yeah (laughs) yeah that's true the shit that didn't work is gone now now it works it's fine (laughs) um we won't use that guy again, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's just like more shady guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, contractor. What is it with fucking contractors? I do this. I do not miss rehabbing. This is one of the reasons why I do not miss rehabbing. First of all, it seems like they're all fucking felons. Like, okay, go to jail, and then you get out and you become a contractor, right? That's which I'm not hating. I'm glad you gave up the life. Director. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. Give up crime. Um. I don't know. How about trying not being money hungry and stealing and robbing? And always, I had to, I had to create so many rules. Like, okay, you can't close up the walls till I inspect the plumbing. You, you wouldn't think you would have to do this yeah. stuff, but you kind of have to micromanage these people, which I hate. I hate oh, micromanaging. Yeah. Plus, people. I mean, I mean, we all talk. What, what about the tax fraud? They don't mm-hmm. want to fill out a yeah. W nine. Too bad. Yeah, it's uh, Crimea River. So, I mean, what I do in that case. And that's what I've had to do this year. You fill out the 1099, you still mail it to them that you have to send the one to the IRS. It just says, uh, you know, you made the attempt to get the W nine, but they refused to provide it. You got to cover your own ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, you get it before you give them the check. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how I, I mean, that, for those that listening, been- the IRS decided that they didn't want to do their job. And that'd be a lot, their job be a lot easier if you did their job. So they changed the rules and said, okay, any number bigger than 600 for the most part. Now I'm going to require. And if, if you don't, we're going to tax you on it. So send it, get it from them and then send it to us. And gee whiz, thanks for doing our job. Thank you very much. Yeah. But if you don't, they're going to hit you on the taxes. So, of course, you're going to, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why you have to say you at least made the attempt to get it. Because, um, yeah, the, these guys wouldn't sign it. There's two of them in particular, especially, and both of them were on that Fenton project. One was the excavator, and the other was the HVAC guy. And they wouldn't sign it, but the price was right. And even though I argued to get it afterward, you know, I mean, instead of it being 2700 for something, they would have wanted 4000 so I pretty much told him to go fuck themselves. Um, gave him 2,700 then said, I give the best effort anyway. So you get the tax write off. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't until after that he was fighting it so much. 
because um, initially, yeah, and the whole key is there. There's a best practice, but we're talking about that at some point. Yeah, there's nothing wrong get, with now. Get the W nines up front. Yeah, don't be a dumbass like me. Yeah. Um, however, if you're going to be a dumbass like me, do it with some style. I was going to say, do it with style, yeah. and I don't mind being a dick when I need to be. <laughs> um, it's your money, man. How are you supposed like, to be? People are like, what? Why are you being so upset? It's my money. Fuck you. Yeah, like, it's my money. You know? Mess with my money. Yeah. You mess with my money, my girl. We, I mean, we're going to have problems. The other implication is, you know, I have a CPA license. I I have to adhere to certain rules. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Like, You know this is my job, right? I was like, I, I can't not report a, an, on a 1099. Like, I'm not going to protect you for a few hundred bucks, a thousand bucks. My license is on the line. Yeah. You know, like. I don't know what would occur. I don't want to find out. Yeah. So that's why I say, you know, I wrote in the little box where it asked for their tax ID number. Efforts were made. A contract refused to provide. So, I mean. Here's his cell phone number. Loser lives at his address. The address is right there. Yep. The, yeah. Address is right there, you know. Joe Smith, 123 Main Street. Right there. Go at it, IRS. Yeah, I hope he cries himself like, to sleep at night. Good luck finding him. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Um, Probably a Bernie Sanders voter. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be oh, done with that for a say, long time. They say now we've uh, yeah crossed another thing off the list, right? Is political, there anything left on the list? Political affiliations are yeah. Care of fuck your dumbass political affiliation. <laughs> I'm glad I'm you voting like for it. Donald Trump because I want to be deported. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't think he said anything about Indians, has he? Yet? Yeah, but I look Mexican. That's true. <laughs> that tan. You're the wrong tan chocolate or the right tan chocolate. Yeah, yeah see. he'll be like, "All right, Chalupa, get the hell out!" Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I got confused. He was yeah. brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so we piss off those people now, right? Right. The box. right, right, right. I'm a political atheist, so do whatever you want. I'm fine with it. I don't. <laughs> oh, really you know, care. I don't think we touched on religion. Not uh, on this one. All right, we'll we'll try to work that in. Yeah. You know? Do you have one of them crazy Hindu religions, or I I am. Um, Technically, it's Virasheva, which is a very liberal offshoot of Hinduism. Okay. How liberal? Liberal means I do whatever the fuck I want. I like that one. That's a good one. It's uh, I mean, I am by no means really religious, uh, but our offshoot is kind of, uh, they have commandments that, and one of them is like, you know, we all have different religions, but we all see the same guy just in different ways. And I can actually get behind that. No, you're a pluralist. Okay. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like a cohesive thing. It's like one God at most. Uh, no, I mean, there's multiple gods, but, <laughs> like, but they all do the same like, thing. I haven't heard this one before. It, this it's, is good. It's, uh, it's just saying that, you know, every religion is seeing the same thing, but through their own eyes. And I'm like, all right, you know, that's cool because then people don't have to be douchebags about why their religion's better than another. We're not supposed to convert people in mind. I like that. Yeah. No proselytizing. I don't, I don't, I don't like converts and I've been pretty open about that. Fuck them. Yeah. Um, Stick with your religion. Don't be changing. Jeez. Yeah. If someone wants to change, they'll change themselves. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now I think we took care of, uh, I should go back and correct too. Cause, uh, the Hindu religion and all the offshoots were around way before, most of these other religions, including Christianity, Islam, Jesus was a Hindu. That's actually what I had a friend who, who, 
who tried to convince me many times that the reason why Jesus disappeared from the Bible so long is he went on a, he said Mecca, which I just thought was funnier than hell. Yeah. He went on a Mecca to India. I'm like, it's the wrong way. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> the Mecca's the other way, but don't yeah, get caught I up mean, in the Jesus details. Jesus went to India, he ate some Indian food, yeah. he had the shits, and he was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm going back to the Bible. And now everybody's like, I thought this was a real estate <laughs> business podcast. <laughs> well, all right. So sometimes that's the way it goes. Now folks. that I talked about Jesus having the shits, I think yeah. we're. Uh, what? He was a man. Yeah. Yeah. He told me he didn't have a bad hot dog on the streets of Jerusalem or something, right? I think so. The streets of Chennai. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the. Uh, the I'm struggling. The streets of Bombay, or is that the there, old yeah. white name or for Bombay. it? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I culturally appropriated the name of the city. There we go. Check that liberal Bombay. box, too. <laughs> Bombay. No, Bombay. Yeah. Why? Because I said so. Right. That's one thing I've always thought was funny. Like, I don't know what it is about discovering something, and there's already people there. Well, you didn't discover it. But I love how we renamed it too. What do you call it? No, that name sucks. It's now this. I know, but it's ours now. The British Empire could do whatever they wanted. Oh, do you do um, the stand-up Eddie Izzard? Have you ever heard of him? Mm. He's a cross-dressing English stand-up comedian. And he has a bit he does. He does it with India, which I thought was funny. He's like, how did, how did the British get India? Because there was already like fucking billion people yeah, living there. Like, this is hard. He's like, well, his, his little bit is, do you have a flag? Oh, you don't have a flag. Sorry. If you don't have a flag. <laughs> that's, that's the rule. <laughs> whoop, put up the English standard. You know, look, there we go. It's ours now. If you just had a flag, it wouldn't have been a problem. So. If you're some That's backward true. country and you want to avoid that kind of thing, get a flag. I know, right? I think they would have found another excuse, but it was a funny bit. So, yeah. Now that we're absolutely talking nothing about real estate. So your entire approach, you have a good job. You make good money. You don't want to be that active in it because you're too busy in your damn job anyway, right? So you're actually like, looking to build up passive income right. and grow over time, right? Right. And I mean, a key element to that is there's a lot of people who hate their jobs and that's why they're in real estate. You like the job. I enjoy my job. I actually miss the consulting thing I used to do because what I do now is not technical. I do recruiting. Um, but like, I mean, I enjoy what I do and what I've done. So I see it as an add on rather than a replacement. Mm. And that's the reason. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm looking for the passive income retirement, that kind of just like a hedge, as you said, diversification, even more than that, um, my initial goal was always to retire by 40. And it isn't because I want to retire. It's because my goal is always like my goal was always to have a not for profit in, well, in my case, I always wanted it in Chicago related to children's education. So, yeah, I mean, children's education is something that's been important to me uh, just over the course of my life. Like I said, I really wanted a not-for-profit in Chicago. But given that at this point, it seems that I'm settled in this area uh, and likely to be in this area going forward, you know, the city of Detroit also makes a viable option. And <clears throat> plenty in terms of need help in Detroit too, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. I've always been involved in, um, you know, mentoring kids. And it's important to remember that, I swear to everything, when I leave this earth, it's going to be on both feet, never knees in the dirt. 
And, <laughs> and you know, it's uh, it's important to help the kids. Uh, but no, I mean, in, in serious. Okay, that was a was that a Jay Z line? That was a Jay Z line. So, like. BJ's goal, by the way, is to work in as many rap lines as possible. This is going to be the most entertaining podcast. I'm uh, just saying, all that shit you're talking about is not up for discussion. I will pay to make it bigger. I don't pay no reduction. Um, no. Okay. So in reality, uh, my goal is always to have a not-for-profit in a city to help children with education because I don't believe the educational systems in the inner cities are – comparable no they're completely broke comparable to right like that play in words it's broke and broke right yeah so and that's been important to me even in high school i was uh each week uh me and a couple of friends we'd go and uh lead the class lead a a classroom of like between third and fifth graders and just teach them for you know a couple hours each week then I got to be a mentor to one of them for a couple of years. And then in college, I was involved in a lot of different groups. One of them was called uh, K-Grams at Michigan. And what that was is you'd go to a classroom once a week. Uh, the one I went to, I think it was called the Beatles School here in Detroit, which I think is no longer operating, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, again, it would I'd usually go between the third and fifth grade classes once a week. And you get to know the kids, and it's like, you know, there's a lot of good kids, a lot of kids that would have a future, but they're kids and they're just not given the same opportunity that they should be. And it really, it just, it really pisses me off. And, um, that's something near and dear in my heart too. Right. And I mean, that's why legitimately my goal is build up this rental portfolio so that I can focus my time on something I really want to, um, and this is probably the most uh, honest part of this conversation. Yeah. So <laughs> he was joking the rest of the time, and this right. is being serious. Yeah. But it's like you know, like that's what I want to spend my time on. I want to have some impact on children's lives where they can have the same opportunities across the board. Because I know a lot of my friends haven't. I know a lot of kids out here don't have those opportunities, and you know, there's always. People that say, oh, if you work hard, anything's achievable. No, it's not. It's not always achievable if you're expected to walk past a gang on your way home from school every day. Like, I'm sorry, that's not happening if you're, you know, if you're in Cranbrook, you know, it's it's an added element that you have to overcome just to be able to go to school. Um so, I mean, if there's any way to get involved in that and help the children, help the educational process, whether it's funding schools, whether it's ensuring, um, I remember children's textbooks back in Kalamazoo when I was uh, involved in that mentoring and the teaching there back in high school, some of those textbooks were so, so old. Like, they didn't have the same textbooks that other suburbs of Kalamazoo did. And it's just like, yeah, I mean... You can't teach the kid from a book that says the USSR is around. Yeah, that's, you know that's a little old. It's just like give them a chance. Um, I'm going to get so, philosophical on you here. Do it, do it. Um, I think citizenship should be extended to children. I think. Well, see, I'm I'm 
this is radical, but I don't think it's as radical as people think. If you consider that you didn't choose your parents, I want you to think about this. You didn't choose your parents. All right. So the idea that this geography is better than that geography because this mammal, this primate mammal squatted me out and I plopped out of my mother's vagina at this geography. So nationalism goes out the window, right? Right. Race goes out the window because it's not like I said, I want to be white. Right. You didn't wake up. You didn't say, you know what? Before I'm made, I'd like to be tan chocolate, baby. You didn't say that, right? Well, no. I mean, I made tan chocolate. You made tan chocolate. Yeah. You didn't choose. It's dripping on my shirt. You can see it on the video. It is. You didn't choose to be male. (laughs) You didn't choose, you know, so a lot of this stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. I call it the birth lottery. It's really what it is. And if you're, this is why I get so upset and people are like, oh, I want to help people all the way over there. You know, like, well, fuck you. You could have just as easily been born a woman in Afghanistan and what life, die at 32 with five kids. That's why I'm so heated about the Syrian situation. Yeah. But it's. Oh, don't even get me started about. Yeah. Because it's like, those kids didn't choose that. They didn't, they didn't pick. It's fine. They didn't pick any of that. They didn't pick any of that. That picture. And I know. I know, folks, I'm not stupid. I know there's tens of thousands of children dying every fucking week. So I'm not trying to like, but you can't help that picture of that kid washed up on shore. Oh, God. Yeah. That that one picture for me sums it up. And yes, we do need to be careful about letting these ISIS motherfuckers in. But that doesn't mean we don't help. Uh, My opinion, my personal opinion, kids didn't pick it. I don't care about the geography of where the kids are. And I don't understand arguments against geography. Well, this geography is all the way over there, so we can't help those kids. I just don't understand that shit. I know. People take for granted where they're they're born, the situation, and things like that. And it's just like, you know, I don't get it. And one of the reasons it's important to me is, I mean, you know, I've never had to worry about things here. I have friends who have, but then I, I look at my parents, like they, uh, they both came from India, you know, they grew up there. My dad was born in 45, my mom in 53. Great country and, too, by the way. Yeah. A got, new superpower, a space is. power, which is pretty That's fucking great. awesome. We're sending Indians into space so we can procreate out there. <laughs> um, You're slowing down your, your reproduction rate. It's slowing down. Maybe not fast I, I enough. So. But. I mean, we still skied a lot and there's still a lot of, you know, we got like, <laughs> We're a billion and counting. Yeah. Um, just wait till we get into space. There's a lot more. There's a lot more space. See, like in India, they're tired of <laughs> that mass growth because we all smell like curry, and it's just it's overwhelming at a certain point. It's so hot. I love You're, curry. Like, you got three inches from the next person. There's just not space for it. So when we get into space, there's a lot. Oh, we're gonna be like, oh shoot, Mars has nobody on it. Bam, let's get to it. But do they have a flag? <laughs> Post that shit yeah. right <laughs> on there. That's India right there. India too. It's all mine. <laughs> the first oh, curry on Mars. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, oh yeah. I was uh, yeah. My sorry. Parents. That was my fault. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah. Like, you know, they grew up, we'll say very, very modestly in India. I mean, dirt roads, villages, things like that. Um, they got scholarships to go to school. They were able to go to med school. They came over to, uh, I mean, my dad came first. He was in Brooklyn for a bit, and he lived in a few other countries. But eventually they came, got married, and uh, moved to Chicago. So, I mean, 
they made it, but not everybody has the opportunity to like things aligned for them and they took advantage and they worked their ass off. You know, I'm not taking that away, but it's just like how many people the stars didn't align, didn't get to make it. And, you know, people here take it for granted. Oh, I'm born in the U S and we don't got to worry about those people because they're over there and, you know, we're here and, you know, like there's a lot of smart people in the world who just need an opportunity. And honestly, it's, how I feel about like the kids that are, you know, not given the opportunities in school. And that's why I, I get heated about it. So, um, I would say rightfully so. I don't care if people help. Yeah. But if you come with a dumbass geography argument on why you're not going to help, like I'm not going to help because geography, knock your that's out. exactly <laughs> how you sound. Say, I don't want to help kids because I don't want to help kids. Yeah. That's fine. I will disagree, but at least you don't have a stupid reason for doing it because right. geography. Geography or, or like, my favorite politics or religion. That's something that gets under my nerves. A Christ, 65 Christian kids or, or 100 Muslim kids. Like, it's one word too many. Yeah. Focus on the kid. They're not. They're they're that because their parents made right. them that. They're just kids. They're children. Yeah. So your your dumbass remarks about it, you know. I mean, if you don't consider them old enough to have coitus, you probably shouldn't consider them old enough to know who God is. Exactly. Like, just their children. That's all they are. They're children. And both are true. I'm going to agree and disagree with you. And it's a minor disagreement. You do have to make sacrifices to get ahead in life. But you can't ignore. It's kind of like a battlefield. You can't ignore. Yeah, people survive battlefields. But to say that everyone can survive a battlefield would be a lie. Right. You got to be smart. You got to work hard. You got to do your training. And you have to be lucky. And there's so many things out of your control. Right. That, and I know we don't like to think about this, especially I'm a high D type A personality, right? But there is a lot out of your control, no matter how smart you are, how much you work out, all that. Not everybody survives this battlefield of childhood. Right. They just don't. And that is a fucking fact. And if they can drink clean water, learn to read and do math, all things that are not happening in many public schools in America, let alone the Middle East or India or anywhere else in this fucking world, you're going to have more battlefield casualties. You're going to. You have to be able to read and do math to succeed in this world. I have something important to say here. (laughs) Why don't schools teach more mathematics, less trigonometry, and more about taxes? There you go. That's actually from Big Sean, you know, Detroit's very own. Yeah. Taxes are theft. There we go. I threw that one in there, too. Sorry. Okay. So, yeah, back to that. Um, So I'm with you. 100% 100% on the kids. If you need any help with kids, let me know. That's no, I, I haven't mean, talked about either, and I will at some point in time. I know what it's like to have a pretty bad start in life. I didn't have the worst start in life, but I had about as worse a start of life as you can have in the Western world anyway. Right. So, And I'm paying for it till this day. Right. And I'll probably die paying for it. There's Nothing can replace a good start. No, definitely. You are starting. It's a marathon. And if you're born in the Western world, you're born 13 miles into it. Unless you're born in Detroit, then you're born like two miles into it. But the, the, <laughs> the point is, it, the shit matters. Where you start in life it matters. Does. It, it does. really does. And, like, you know, I think people have an obligation to 
trying to level up the playing field as much as we can. I mean, obviously, like you said, not everything is controllable. Yeah. But you know what? Parts of it, you know, parts of it are. So, we can control the parts we can control, right? right? Like, And to me, like, it was always that in education that's important because, you know, I have well, some of my friends in Chicago, some of my friends in Kalamazoo, whatever, like, they didn't have that head start. Like, I mean, like I said, I didn't have to worry growing up. Like, my parents did instill uh, different values in us. Like, they save everything and their big thing is they're big into they donate whenever like items come up so you know did we have you know people like there's kids in my school had fancy cars and stuff like that no we you know my parents were smart enough to be like no you guys can get a junker yeah cool what did they do with the extra money they helped my cousins in india go to college they took care of their education they invested, yeah, they invested right. in children. And so rather than, like, so, I mean, even now, like, you know, I won't say I'm, like, cheap, but I'm definitely, I'm thrifty, you know? Like, um, I like to shop at Marshall's and, like, you know, I do stuff like the that. The third time I met you was at one of Tom's, uh, I think they called Bigger Pockets now. It's Metro yeah. Detroit Real Estate. They had to change the fucking name because Bigger Pockets, punk-ass bitches. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> you came for happy hour and happy hour is going to end in five minutes. So you ordered two drinks so you can save yourself money. That is thrifty. And I was like, I fucking love that. That's great. Like, what a good idea. It's uh you were going to pay double in five minutes. Hell no. I'll just get two now. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Bring me two. No, that's just a case of alcoholism. But yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to call it thriftiness. Um, you could be a thrifty alcoholic. There's nothing wrong with that. This is America. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's something my parents have always instilled in me. And obviously the fact that, you know, instead of getting us crap we don't need or whatever, their thoughts was uh, always like, you know, you don't need material things and they don't buy material things. Maybe now they do because, I mean, you know, they're seven, like pushing 70. My dad is 70. My mom's getting up there. They're in their retirement phase. So, you know, they do whatever. But they've always been of the mindset that, you know, you have to help other people. You have to be involved in other people's lives. And if you're going to spend money on something, spend it on an experience where you learn. Because knowledge, they've they, they pushed knowledge our whole life. So, like, you know, if I'm going to do something, like I think I mentioned I went to Greece a year and a half ago. Yeah. most exciting thing for me, like, going to Greece is I love, like, you know, ancient civilizations, cultures, things like that. So to me, like Greece is a big one too. Yeah, I, it is I literally the mother and father of Western civilization. So, yeah, so I mean, like yeah, you look at like the place I want to go are going to be like I want to go to Rome, I want to go to Egypt, I want to go. Well, we went to uh, Turkey, so I mean, I saw uh, Istanbul. Yeah, and Turkey oddly <laughs> might be what bibliotheca tibli. Oh, fuck, I always fuck it up. Some ancient um, place in Turkey. I always screw up the name. It's like. I mean, was it the Ottoman Empire that was focused there? And then it yes, was it then. was. But there's a site there, Biblioteca Tiblio. I can't remember. I always get it wrong. But they think that might there might be. You're typically given that the cradle of civilization would be the uh, Tigris and Euphrates River, right? It'd be mm-hmm. Sumeria, right? But they think in Turkey they found a site, not just older, but right. perhaps 
significantly older. Really? Yes. Like maybe off by thousands Shoot. of years, maybe 10,000 years as the evidence keeps coming up. So yeah, that is, that is where human, I mean, humans walked out of Africa a couple times and then we did some shit and we're digging it up and it's fascinating to go back and check out. Right. See, education people. Yeah. It's important. Um, can I use people plural or should I say person when you want me to talk to your listeners? You can, my listener. Now. Yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> the Taliban guys, like, yeah. I like these guys. <laughs> Except that I talk about kids. Fuck them. But even the Taliban guys not listening right now. He's yeah. Like, I had to get up and go. He's like, shit. oh, they're going to talk about kids again. These Westerners, they're kids yeah. and loving kids, whatever. No, you can say whatever you want. Trick love to kids. Um, What's the part about the you want to go to? There you go. Right. Um, <laughs> I forgot. I was still trying to get her. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Rap lines. So, yeah. I mean, if I left this shit to Chance, I would have picked a name like Chance the Rapper. That go. didn't work very well. No. Um, you got to expect a miss, though. You know, it's like. Yeah, right. You can't hit a home run every time. Well, it was hard to pick up. These are the best lines that people have thrown out on Twitter. Um, yeah, there's no IQ test for Twitter. Not really. You know, no. That's something to talk about, too, that. Fortunately, so everybody, not everybody has the same IQ. So that's another, that's another, um, are you setback. insulting me? I think he's insulting me. He's insulting me. No, he? obviously you have, I, I was going <laughs> to, did you know your IQ? Have you taken an IQ test? Four. I don't think so. No, I, I would probably have a high <laughs> IQ, right? But you can't help your IQ anymore. You can help how you were born and you can still do all that stuff. Well, that's a but, good thing to do. How, how old are you? 32. So you have eight more years. Yep. And I eight mean, more years. The, uh, the owners of my recruiting firm know what my goal is too. So they're, they also kind of want to help me get there. Like the president of my firm does like his big thing is, uh, he's wanted me to get on 40 under 40 in Detroit. If I can get the real estate business working, my business with them working, um, I might be I'm trying to join the board of the, like the IAA meeting I mentioned last night, the Institute of Internal Auditors. (laughs) I might be joining the board of that. That sounds like a happening place. It is totally happening. But you talk about the board of it is like, you know, CEOs from GM and Ford and shit like that. All right. That's probably, it's probably worth doing. Yeah. Like the reason they're excited, you know, till they listen to this podcast, like, all right, this VJ guy, (laughs) I was going to help him out, but he lost me on the, the Navy hat, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure hat. that's where I lost. Yeah, <laughs> give it back. <laughs> Not some method man line, right? Um, so I mean, it's uh, they're encouraging me to you know do that because they they know it's important to me, and I mean just in general, like you know, if it can create greater good, awesome. Um, the one thing I don't want is I don't want my name out there. So really you're going about this wrong. You know, I'm going to, this is going to be, well, I know that's what the irony of this is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why it's like, Oh, uh, like, you know, one of my friends is like, Oh, you're going to be famous. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's going to be two people that heard my name. Yeah. And, um, what but, I keep saying one, where you get this extra person, I guess you know, I'm going to listen to it, but I'm listening to it now. Well, yeah, uh, I also pay a person to listen to it and then do the show notes. I it over the, uh, the I used to, house. but they made me stop. Oh, 
I was saying you would have like quadrupled your listeners. Yeah. To the other left. The two people are like, are they going to be quiet now? Yeah. He um, keeps saying fuck. <laughs> Maybe we looking uh, I'm offended by tan chocolate. Shoot. Shoot, girl. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Get on the board. Get on the board, meet people, get involved in that. And then you, you know, should the real estate really is the, the side venture. It always will be the side venture. I don't want my name attached to things. I just want, you know, if I can have generate solid passive income, I've said a hundred houses. I know that that's to some people a crazy amount to some people. It's not, I don't um, think so. Right. Yeah. How so, many people do we know that Josh five years ago, how many houses did he have? I mean, uh, Josh Redford, is that? No, no. Um, Josh Sterling. Um, oh. Yeah, he has hundreds of units and now. And a plane, right? And a plane. And that was five or six years ago. Might have been six. Shoot. So and you have eight years. He's a kid, right? Dude, he's he's younger than you. right? I think he's 27 or 28. Yeah. Not in his 30s. So, how are units, sir, with your IQ and your work ethic and your... Uh, <clears throat> Charms. Yeah. <laughs> you hear this? I'm going to sleep my way to the top. You do, you do what you got to do. Um, uh, aren't you already at the top? Sleep your way to the bottom? Yeah. I made it from the bottom to the top. Um, <laughs> so. Like how my bottom bitch always comes through with my bread. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at me, you're looking at a PIMP. I don't know what you've heard about me. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, Heather's going to like this one. Which Heather? I'm not saying. The only Heather we both know on Facebook. Whiter than sour cream, Heather. She's always dropping. Uh, oh, Shanks. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but. What up, Shanks? Well, no, you did it. She likes to drop the rap lines, too, every now yeah, and then. Well, I mean, yeah. you just got to make sure they're not wiggity, 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 whack. Oh, man. I'm ready. <laughs> Which is funny because she's whiter than sour cream. But so am I. It's okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you don't you could be any color and like rap so this is true yeah um but yeah so i mean real estate definitely my side venture i enjoy it i i see it as a and i think i mentioned in the last line of my bio is that i see it as a a, a diversification of an asset portfolio um it interests me and that's why i like the uh you know the passive income part of it like what i end up seeking are houses that are well, this is going to sound generic, but cheap houses that need some work that are you know rentable in stable environments or neighborhoods. Oakland County, for the most part, although you, Fenton is that in Oakland County or is that in uh, that's in Genesee, Genesee County? So Oakland and Genesee County, you're so, willing to look at stuff in Oakland and Genesee County. Genesee's too fucking far. Though, so Oakland man. County. So if somebody had a good deal for VJ. I consider Oakland and Wayne, though I haven't purchased in Detroit. Um, I mean, I've looked at some stuff. But there might be somebody that one person might hear this and want to help you out and contact you and say, help me help you. Yeah, and help the kids. Do it for the yeah. kids. Yeah, that's right. Think about the kids. Think about the if kids. You don't help me. You're fucking the kids over. Yeah, you don't want to fuck kids over, do you? Yeah. Seriously, what are you a pedophile? <laughs> there, there we <laughs> go. <laughs> It's definitely an election cycle. You don't like my idea, you pedophile? Like, whoa. <laughs> I'll just take that one all the way. Right. Uh, oh, man. Apparently a bagel is $7 with cream cheese. 
No, it is not. That's that's kind of expensive. And soup. Oh, you get and soup and um, a bagel. I'm He's reading the marketing sign. I'm losing VJ here. We got to we got to wrap <laughs> no. this fucking thing up. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, like what I look for really are those rental properties that make sense. Uh, people ask, what sort of return do you want? You All know, of I it. Mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, as much as I can get. Well, I want as much as I can get, but you know, it's got to make sense, like. Um, and then you got all the wholesalers that are just don't know what the fuck is going on. God, I it's, know. Uh, oh, I got this house in Warren that only needs eighteen dollars and thirty three cents worth of work, and it'll rent for fourteen thousand two hundred a month. I've always, yeah, and it's you know, and like no, you dumbass douche. Um. My favorite wholesaler joke. I'm gonna interject here and interrupt. Wholesalers be like, needs paint and carpet, no roof, no windows. No. Yeah, no, that's so true. <laughs> that fucking so hate true. that. They take eight pictures. You're not even sure if it's the one. How many? Are you trying to sell this thing, or are you just bored? Like, I know. I, I don't even understand what they're you're doing. You know. By the way, if you're a wholesaler and you're doing this, you're like, what are you talking about, man? If you go, I have a series. I already have three parts recorded. Go listen to them and then do them. All right. So sorry to interrupt. No, no. Actually, you just made me think of something. Why not? And this is something we would have to create, but why not create a standardized form of what investors seek that we could provide to wholesalers so that they know exactly what to get? And I realize that there's ones out there that are very accomplished and understand what to do. But if there's a standardized form, then... It doesn't leave anything to chance. It doesn't, you know, there's no interpretations. It's right there. Um, I mean, we also need to be uh, cognizant of how much work a wholesaler is doing on a project, too. Like, certain ones will go in and, you know, get a pretty decent estimate. Certain ones will tell you, do your own due diligence and not give you anything. Um, I take the middle road. I take 150, 200 pictures, and I tell you, needs kitchen needs windows because i used to give prices but everybody they'll use it to beat me up well my guy can't do it that cheap yeah so then it gets used against me or they have a different they're they could do it better than i would have done it right which means it would be lower so i always focus on here's all the information about the house here's what i think it needs you decide how much that costs you and then i'm not backing myself in the corner and you have all the information. I literally take a picture of everything that yeah. is wrong. Everything that is wrong. So, and that's good. I mean, everything that's right it's, too. It's full transparency. Yes. Well, I'm, I do this too because I don't want to be like, oh, I'm backing out of the deal because I didn't know there was a crack in the back of the. What? And I go, oh, look at picture number seventy three. Crime me a river. Right. You can leave, but you'll oh, be leaving your EMD. Now? Yeah, you'll be leaving your EMD, son. <laughs> I like that. I'll sell it again. Make some more money. Yeah. So I'll come back with a better reason. I do it for several reasons. Transparency right. and I don't want to put up with their bullshit. I mean, the transparency is the big thing. Like I I will go see a house even if there's nothing written about what needs to be fixed. That's kind of a pain just because you want me to be in and out of there in 10 minutes and be signing a, you know, a PA. But because you got someone coming in 10 or 15 minutes again, you know, it's <laughs> – that's the hard close right there. Well, no. I mean, I'm thinking of a specific wholesaler right now. I'm just not going to mention the name. Yeah. Um, but it's like at least, you know, 
it's not that tough to itemize something. Just be like, oh, I think it needs, like you said, kitchen, hot water heater. This needs to be fixed, X, Y, Z, whatever. You don't need to list out the prices, but someone has to have an idea of what's going on if you want them to show up and sign a PA on the spot. Well, I would say a step further. If you, I want to be taken seriously. So if I send out a deal, I want people to know that I'm serious. And I think attention is the most valuable commodity we have. What what we have that's more valuable than our time. So I don't want to send out an email. Oh, by the way, VJ, here's very little of the information you actually need to make a purchasing decision. And yes, I expect you to make that purchasing decision on very little information. And I think that's a difficult way to be taken seriously. Oh, definitely. You get pushed to whenever VJ has fucking time or is bored or... I have another house right down the street. I normally wouldn't do business with you, but, and that's not a good place to be. Oh, people are no. listening. They're not going to listen to this no, shit at all. I mean, I mean, no, this, this is really good points though, because you want to divulge information. Like it's not overload by any means to be transparent, but for some reason people think it is. People don't want to do the work. They just want to, you think you nailed it right on the head right there. Yeah. They don't want to do the work. And it's just, yeah. I mean, like, uh, and the other thing I get that sometimes, okay. So wholesalers want to make their money. I get that. But man, oh man, have I seen some markups that are just unfucking believable Um, like, I mean, there's some guys out there and, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll mark it up. Like they got a house under, under contract for 30, they want 60 and then, you know, oh, it's going fast. It's at 55 now. Here's another email. Oh, I it's love about that. To lose it. It's at 50 now. Oh, it's at 49.5. Oh, it's at 47. Oh, it's at 30. You know, it's like whatever. Um, it's just like, yeah, I mean, if I keep seeing that with multiple houses, I'm going to know that every house you got is so, so overpriced. This is one of the few disagreements i have with how steve markets he does that very similarly which you know what i've already told steve too i'm (laughs) gonna i'm gonna go on the record though i like it when he gets the money right because fuck yeah it's good for me right but i i see your point and i think it's agreeable his his point is we'll make an offer yeah and i think a lot of people won't make an offer because they know that but i don't know it's just these it's, are personal it's heavily opinions. inflated. And I mean, I've, I think I've joked with them about it before. Yeah. And also about the uh, the technique that it's going fast. Like by putting that in the, the subject line repeatedly. Yeah. We know it's not the truth. Um, and it's just, it's played out. It's like you keep yelling wolf, you know. It, and nobody's going to pay attention. Exactly. Absolutely. That is an excellent no. point. Like. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Steve's a great wholesaler. I think he's got an awesome marketing campaign. I think he comes up with a lot of good shit. Um, yeah, we're being pretty nitpicky right now. Right, right. I was going to say, like, he does. I mean, he's probably the best wholesaler I know out there. But I'm still going to call your ass out and make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no safe places. I like you, but. Yeah. <laughs> there are no safe places. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like. But, I mean, then you see the other ones. Yeah, like, they just. You know, there's other wholesalers that get one or two under contract. They'll balloon up the price. They'll tell you, oh, it's like I said, five thousand to do the work when it's actually fifteen. Yeah, and just you know, just not conceptually have an understanding of what's going on. And I get there's growing pains 
in that, like, you know, I imagine when Steve did things his first year, you know, he probably wasn't as spot on with everything as he is now. So, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. It's just, it, uh, it kind of boggles my mind how many, you know, air quotes, new wholesalers oh, there yeah. are constantly. Especially because, I mean, at one point it was even, you know, me standing up saying, hi, I'm new to real estate. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I like when they get, yeah, I'm new to real estate. I'm looking to get in the wholesaling, lease options, buying no. And like, yeah, right. you know, you just, that's like 20 years and of flipping, career. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you just said in a sentence. And, and I just need a uh, 4 million yeah. in capital. So who has it? Well, that's a, you brought up an excellent point that I want to kind of expand upon is a lot of wholesalers treat information kind of like the old uh, car lots used to do car sale. If you want the price of a car, come on down. Like you just can't call and get the price yeah. on the phone. But instead of the price, they keep the other information. I don't want to send you too many pictures because I want you to go look at it. Right. I know there's some agents that think that too. I don't want to give you too much information because I want to. I want. I want to trick you into going and looking at it, yeah. even though it might not be something you're interested in. That seems completely backwards to me. And we're back to wasting time it's, again. Which yeah. I can't think of something more selfish than I'm going to give you the least amount of information I can to try and get you to force you into something you may or may not like all for my benefit, which yeah. seems completely backwards as a wholesaler. You're servicing the seller and the investor. So you should right. be doing the best you can. There is a sales aspect to it. You don't give away the house and I get that. And you want to give enough that it, you know, whets their appetite, but you do need to give enough that there is the ability to make sound judgment calls on it. Yeah. To determine whether interest is uh, real or feigned before you go see it. Because like you said, it is wasting everyone's time it at is. a certain point. Like if I go see a house that you already know, you, you were not, we'll say entirely forthcoming about then you're going to ignore the rest of my time. Shit. You've wasted your own because you could be doing something too. Like, Absolutely. you know, like you're, you're an agent or you're a wholesaler. Yeah. You probably should be working on something else rather than spending 15, 30 minutes showing me a house, you know, I'm not going to want, you know? Well, I think my goal personally is can somebody without leaving their computer in 15 minutes or less, <laughs> yes, make a decision <laughs> oh, to purchase. And all they have to do after that is verify the accuracy of all your information. That's my goal. You've said yes when you looked at it. And then everything else, everybody should always do their own due diligence. Don't ever trust anybody. But if you want a good relationship with your wholesaler, and if you're a wholesaler and you want a great relationship with your buyers and your sellers, after you send that email out, after 15 minutes, all they should be doing is verifying the accuracy of the information you gave them not trying to figure out whether or not you fucking lied to them or whatever. Just like, right. Oh, I got 200 pictures. It said it's going to be this. And they go in, they go, it's exactly what you said it was going to be. That's exactly what you want. There's templates that pretty much you can uh, download and just follow, which is like, put some pictures here. Here's certain amenities. Here's what needs work. Here's an estimate, which you can't be held to. And I know that like, um, Ashley and I have tried to do that, uh, I don't know if we, I don't think we sold off that house just because it uh, probably needed more work than 
made it worth it. But I mean, you can always get one of those templates and it's nice like as an investor to see that because then, like you said, you're going in and verifying things rather than trying to find things because if you're going in and trying to find things, you're all of a sudden taking what could be a 15 to 20 minute walkthrough into an inspection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also think you're dragging your relationship into the deep water. Right. Why do that on purpose? Right. Like I could see accidentally stumbling into it. You know, you cracked a joke you shouldn't have cracked, you know, like, Oh, I just fucked that up. right? Right. I don't want to be called a liar. And if I miss something, I want them to not think I did it on purpose. I want it to be a mistake and yeah. and not a lie. And I think there are a lot of people who do deceive and they do withhold and they don't say, and I just don't, that's not a, and it's a relationship, right? It's right, all right. people. Bit. I don't understand why people would do that. But to your uh, point, why does everybody fucking do that? VJ? I, I hate that because it's not easier. everybody. It is. Easier. It's easier. It's less work. People get into real estate, and this is going to be a rash generalization. There's like, a lot of people who get into real estate because they can't cut it at other jobs and don't want to work hard. And they think that real estate will allow for some sort of magical ability to get rich without hard work. When they don't see how hard a lot of these guys are grinding. Like, I mean... Um, I mean, I'm just going to use Steve for an example as well. Dude. Dude works his ass off. Every fucking day. Every, yeah, every day he's every working working day. his ass off. That's why he's successful. Yeah. Like, he's successful because he worked his ass off. He figured out how to do things better. He's created a business out of it. And, you know, he's expanding as he goes. And there's just, you know, like we, we talked about all the people that stand up at the meetings that are like, I'm a new wholesaler. I want to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. But what are you going to do about it? You know, it's like, I already know, like, I guess, you know, what I'm looking for is that passive part of real estate. You're not going to find me out there marketing for houses. No. Like, I, you know, it's not really my thing. Like, no, you don't want to be active. Right. Yeah. But these people that want to make money in real estate don't come in with another job or don't come in with money and they just expect the real estate game to give them money. No, it's not going to work. No, you, you know? made an excellent point earlier that I'm going to, I'm going to pull back up where it's not all about hard work, but without hard work, you're not going to get anywhere. Like it takes right. more than hard work and they just want to skip that. Well, I got the knowledge and I'm going to skip the hard work. Right. That shit doesn't work either. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't think people realize how hard some of these guys work and that it is a seven day a week thing. Like, yeah, this, you know, these people grind all day and it's just like, you know, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Go, go into the corporate sector, work your job. You know, it's a grinding business. You yeah. dump shit in the top, you churn and burn, You'll- shit comes out the end. And the second you stop, it stops. I was going to say, it's what you put in. You got to keep feeding it. Correlate yep. to what you get out. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that and they take it for granted and they just they're like, Oh man, real estate sucks. No, no, you didn't, yeah, you no. didn't try. You suck. That's, you didn't try. Hey, if you listen to my first one in episode one on my wholesaling series, the first step, are you respected by your boss and your peers at work? 
Can you be trusted to do your job? Okay. No. You show up on, no, you don't show up on time. No, you can't be trusted. No, you're not seen as an asset at work. Yeah, you do the bare minimum you can get by. Before you do anything else, change that. Yeah. Change it to the job where you get an hourly paycheck and don't leave or quit until you've completely turned that around, until they're trying to give you more responsibility. So they're happy that you're coming in at work. Right. You're not the person who's always pushing work off on the other person. You know what I'm talking about. And you know if you're that person. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you got to make sure you're reliable. That's you're where reliable, you start. Trustworthy. Then, yeah, I mean, that means you're capable of taking on more responsibility. Yeah. And if you can't take on that more responsibility, how the fuck do you expect yeah. to run your own business? I'm going to change careers and do better. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, no. You're just going to keep jumping. Yes. You have the same mindset. And it's applicable across every type of job, career, whatever opportunity. If that's your mindset, yeah, like no, you'll succeed if you want to succeed. And yes, we've talked about the fact that there's uh, extraneous variables and outside factors, but those people still usually do better than the other people who haven't worked hard. Though. Right. That's so going to say like if it's not the only determination, thing. You've got a much higher rate of success or opportunity i guess so you're more likely to survive if you do that that's an excellent point and i love ranting about that shit so thank you (laughs) i rarely miss an opportunity because i get the emails i'm like oh my god really like uh you're difficult to pay attention to when you keep you keep doing that and then you mention it i try and mention it nicely and i don't mention it anymore because yeah it's never take I'm, i'm trying to people have helped me it wasn't like i was and I'm still not, so please don't take this. But it's not like I was always getting shit, right? You yeah. know, and I respected the people who say, hey, X, Y, and Z, don't do it. Here's why. Right. Do this. Here's why. I've always appreciated that. But it takes a certain kind of person to go, this is not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of how I'm doing it. And I could just change how I'm doing it. Right. And some people think, no, this is a reflection on me. Fuck you. Uh, that's just the wrong answer. So I don't anymore. Right. I, don't. I just rant about it on podcasts and get angry. I was going to ask, do you ever have a, um, like, I'm, I'm not trying to put people on blast here, um, but you, you, you should have a podcast where you just put whatever, um, puts people on blast, like an entire 30 minutes or one hour. Uh, actually, do you listen to 107.5? No. Okay. No. Um, so in the morning, I think they have a, a bitch please Ooh, section. I already like and it. It's Head great. Me a bitch. You can you can call out whomever <laughs> you want. People will call out sometimes themselves, sometimes their neighbor. Uh, with the Flint water crisis, people are call, calling out Snyder. Hell yeah, call out everybody and on you that call one. Them out. You just mm-hmm. like, you know what? That person did this. Bitch please, and mm-hmm. then next person calls in and does it. That'd be kind of an interesting thing. I mean, you might not be. As it depends, as long as you're not doing the bitch pleasing, which is a weird verb. Um, we verb that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we can do, we can make Google host, a verb. As the host, instead I would of a probably noun? say you might want to remain a little bit more impartial. How about I have you on and you just do it? And then I could be like, why are you doing that, VJ? Don't say names and you'll no, say names anyway. No, make it stop. Yeah. No. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> read the notes yeah <laughs> i've actually thought about it and i've decided not to at least for the first couple of years um it's hard enough to get people to do this anyway um i don't know my wife talked me out of it i'm 
I personally would. If it was up to me, I would wear a camera. I would record all of my day every day. I would save everything, and it'd be a hundred percent accurate record of my life. Now, some of it you would be embarrassing. Vest, one of those cameras. My, well, my wife will never. Nobody will ever talk to me. Nobody will ever negotiate with me. People don't want to be that transparent. What I'm saying is, I'm willing to be that yeah. transparent in a world where people don't want to be, and that's fine. But I just where I'm really willing to that go. Tough. Try it. Just go around filming people. Yeah, have a conversation. Huh. Just have a conversation. Record the conversation. I'm going to record this conversation. I'll give you an example. I've renegade a joint investor meeting, and yeah. we started three months ago. We've recorded the last three meetings where you can get up, and we do our five uh, thirty second um, commercial. Right, that's the first thing we do every meeting after the introduction. Right. If I'm not recording it, everybody will do it. When I'm recording recording it, less than half the people will actually do it. Really? See. And you're there to promote your business. Yeah. And just the idea of being recorded. No, I'm not gonna do it. I mean Ask him to write it down too. I don't want to write it down. Really? Oh yeah. This is very common. And I understand some of it. Like for sure, there are things I've said I would um I'd be embarrassed about being on the record. I'm just okay with being embarrassed now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It makes both of us. Yeah. Thing. It's like, well, that's embarrassing. And no, I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. And uh, moving right along. And most people would just rather not have people know it. Well, if you look at politics too, right? Once you said you didn't like such and such, so fuck you. You know, like, I think people are, are aware of how it could be used yeah. against them. I just don't fucking care. Let it be known that I said good things about children. <laughs> he did. So like, yeah. And he's going to help them. I, I've insulted every other yeah. thing, but yeah. So boom. Um, but no, I, I get it. And it's just, I mean, some of it's confusing because if you want to market yourself, you would think that inherently a good opportunity would be to stand up and speak in such situations and, to promote yourself in whatever manner is available. You're giving the opportunity to not only promote yourself to the, I mean, how many people show up? 15, 20 or so? <laughs> Five. No, somewhere between 30 and 50 usually. Is it that many? Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. Um, Depends. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Mean, yeah. I, I will make it when I'm not at an awesome meeting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you have nothing else better to do, you'll right. come. <laughs> When I'm bored and broken, yeah. and I'm feeling terrible about my life. I'll there's come booze, and, right? Yeah. That's all I understood. So yeah, um, as long as uh, as long as there's a bar available, I think I'm good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if you have that opportunity to promote yourself, and you're in a business where you're trying to promote yourself and get your name out there, why wouldn't you do it? They don't want to be recorded. I've said before well, too. I suspect they know they're not going to. I think that's why I think people know. I think people know that they don't finish what they start yeah, and uh, they don't want it recorded that they didn't be held to it. I don't know. They don't want to actually be responsible for their own success or failure. Well, (laughs) when you, I'm on your side, man, I know, but you know what? We got two people and one of us has to play devil's advocate. That's true. You're doing a good job. You're doing (laughs) an excellent job. As I've stated before, I'm like, Hey, I'm, if you come to renegade Detroit investors and I see you every month, I'm going to ask you what you did. From the last month. And I do it because I care about your success. And, and the people who don't 
ask and they don't hold you accountable, they don't care about your success. I'm not saying they don't like you. Right. They might like hanging out with you. They might like sleeping with you. They might like going to parties with you. But anybody who's not willing to hold you accountable and ask and be like, why aren't you doing better? Why You said you were going to do this. Why didn't you get this done? It's not a mean thing. It's if you care about people, you ask. It's a question of, uh, you know, like, are you better today than yesterday? That's Some days what, it's, it's no. And that's legitimately what it is. Like, you know, like, there's nothing wrong with you asking, what have you done the last month? Yeah. Because, yeah, people need to progress forward, you know, like. What good is it being stagnant? No good at all. Accomplish well, something. It doesn't have to be in real estate. Like, no, it could be anything. Right. It could be a garden. Yeah. Farm motherfuckers. It could be, That's right. Urban be art. Farming. It could be be art. It could be it could be anything. But the point is if they're not holding you accountable, they don't care about you enough. That's right. Fact. So but I think that bothers people, especially the recording. Oh my God. Yeah. Being recorded. And then I think there's that primate thing, just some people have an irrational fear. I'm scared of that camera right yeah. there. It's taking your soul, VJ. I know. I was like, it's I was taking your tan chocolate. Here, but then I didn't know. <laughs> Would you that. mind if I left first? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I try not to do that till noon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Yeah. So the shit. Look at that time. Can you make it? <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I'm. Uh, I will show up to one. And yeah, if you're recording it, I don't care. Yeah. Like. And maybe that's what it is. Like people will get more comfortable after a few times. Once they see people consistently doing it, they'll kind of be like, okay, you know, I'm a little afraid of standing up in front of people and talking, especially if I'm being recorded, but you know, three, four months down the line, I've seen people doing it. Maybe they're going to be like, okay, you know, I can try it this time. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if you find that out. I mean, you said it's only been three months, right? Yeah. I am noticing it is getting better and I'm being more encouraging too. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, Hey, I know it's scary. Like that kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So look at, I mean, this is the empathetic side of Jeremy. It's very small. Right. <laughs> it's almost non-existent. No, seriously. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to be serious for a second. Right. Uh, it is my goal to make my life as uncomfortable as possible. That's how you grow. I don't do well under, I don't do my best. I can do good. Do good. Yeah. My, my English teacher. I like, do good. I fucked that one up. I tried so hard, but he wouldn't listen. The difference was, it's like the quote, the difference between good and great is, is pretty much everything for me to do the best. I have noticed and I've tested, I've tested these things. The, the more difficult and the more uncomfortable position I'm put in the better I do. And I do to take this to extremes. I take cold showers. I go through terribly nasty, grueling workouts. Um, I do 300 to 500 cold calls every single day. Wait, I ask questions just to ask difficult questions. I will talk about race, religion, philosophy, with anybody, you'll tell me I should respect your ideas. I will say I don't have to respect shit. I will do these things. And let me tell you what. It's difficult to feel good about any of them. Like yesterday morning is a great example. I did not want to fucking get up. It's four and a half, five hours of sleep. I did not want to get up. All right. Got up at five anyway. Fuck it, right? Taking all the dogs out, doing all that shit. 45 minutes of snowing. I absolutely don't want to work out. 
I go torture myself for a fucking hour. I got to make my lunch, do all that shit. I got to go. And I, I don't want to do cold calls. I just don't. Elaborate on your cold calls. That's what I'm pointing at you for. Because you say you do 300 to 500 a day. Yeah. And the reason I'm asking you to elaborate, and I realize I'm flipping the script and asking you questions. You can, this is, is a conversation, man. That's right. Not yeah. an interview. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about putting the work in and essentially, you know, dedication. What are those three to 500 uh, cold calls? Is it, I mean, who's it you're calling? Like, how do you determine it? Is it how many of them are agents? How many are going to be homeowners? Like dialing subs. It's a, it's a new thing that is the agent side of what I'm doing. And I'm working with new people and they do a lot of cold calling. And I specifically wanted to start at the bottom at the, what's perceived as the worst, most difficult job. Right. And why not start there? That was my opinion. It's back to my, make my life as uncomfortable as possible. So to answer your question more completely, I'm dialing into every public record that there's a phone number for and a subdivision. And that's awesome because, like you said, people are generally uncomfortable with those conversations. They're terrible. It's absolutely it's, miserable experience. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny. Like I do it too. Like I yeah. mean, um, and it's just like there's times when on a cold call I have cracked a joke. Like I, I like to joke and I like to have fun. That's how I connect with people. But when it's that first phone call, sometimes you get crickets. Oh yeah. But you know what? You get better at it, right? Every you, time, you yeah. Get- you get told, fuck off, all that stuff, and whatever it is, um, test and see what, what works for you, But and I do it first, too, so that's why my workout is in the morning. Like, I know for a fact if I get my workout in the morning, that shit is just not going to happen that day, right? And if I start my day skipping the workout, then well, maybe I'm not going to do my calls, and maybe I'm not going to do the dishes after dinner. It, it, these things... For me, they're really problematic. I have to, right. for me to do what I need to do and for, for what I want to get accomplished, I have to do those difficult things. So you're ta- it's almost like, I mean, a big thing you're preaching is staying organized and dedicated to your plans. I mean, but I mean, an organization, like being organized sounds like a big thing. Like you do it in a certain order because it allows you to do it yes. and do it efficiently and effectively. Yes. For me, I don't know what works for everybody. There, I'm sure there's right. somebody that working out at night is great and it works fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But that's, for me, I was gonna. Well, yeah. the whole thing is they find their own pattern. Yeah, you know. Um, but I have noticed. Sorry, I keep interrupting. I have noticed no. that everybody who's doing way better than me, they do difficult things that they hate and is uncomfortable. Maybe hates a strong word. Things they don't really want to do. They're yeah. not happy about difficult conversations. Things that most people literally like run away from as fast as they can. They do it every day. So I don't think that difficult things is an accident. As far as the order of difficult things, I'm not necessarily sure it matters for everybody to your point. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying everyone finds their own order, whether they want as much organization as you, where it's, you know, you do things in a specific order. Some people prefer a little bit more entropy where, you know, maybe they work out randomly throughout the day and it changes every day dude i'm or, an excuse machine if i give myself one excuse i'll take 10 that's just how i am you're not alone everybody's <laughs> like that so I, like, so i try to give myself as close to zero excuses as possible because yeah. i've got 10 for every one right uh, and i'll run with that thing to the end of the day i 
this is embarrassing, but I actually just lost three years of my life doing that. I just got into an excuse on why I shouldn't get started again. Right. And I, for me, mentally, it's dangerous to think that way. It was a lot easier. I was going to say, it's easy to do. Way easy. As soon as you, I mean, an excuse is always easier than actually doing something, yeah. right? So. so I'm not even talking about like from a judgmental point of view. It's just from a, a, a mindset, a, a mindset, change, change your mindset, do difficult things. Like right. I can't even imagine doing what you, what you do. Like, <laughs> like, Oh my God, but I should probably go do it. Right. And I am doing it. I'm going to be doing some things similar. I'm not going to be a CPA or anything like that, folks. It's not going to happen, but there will be some stuff I'm doing that is very difficult that I don't want to do. And I was going to say, there's stuff that interests you and challenges you. And yeah, I mean, if it's not challenging in some respect, you're probably not going to be that interested in it. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, if you don't have high aspirations of something, then you may not get where you want to be. All right. Because I mean, okay, so we could go do a very easy corporate job, get paid, whatever clock in clock out at five and not be challenged. And that's fine. You know, maybe the challenges you want are outside of work, right? You want two kids, whatever dog picket fence. And that's what, you know, your goals are and that's perfectly fine. But it's just, especially in this game, we see so many people talk such Big, oh big preposterous things. Hashtag empire. Hashtag. I'm like, oh my I know. God. Well, shit. Stop. Even I said a hundred houses. I don't know that I'll ever get near it, but you know what? If I can, great. But to me, that's not the end goal. The end goal is really that not for profit that I want. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I laugh when I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do 50 houses this year. Shit, motherfucker. You haven't done one. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, we just got real on this, <laughs> um, but uh, I know we keep going on tangents. I like it. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's, that's the, how my mind works. That's the benefit <laughs> of the podcast. All right, sorry about that, folks. That was my fault. Middle age, one cup of coffee is like four trips to the bathroom. Now, I'm hooray sure you, urination. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> let's make it. There was my. Let's influence. put a finer point on it. <laughs> No, it was a lick cramp. Yeah. All <laughs> oh, right, right. There you go. It was a lick cramp. That's okay. So we're so we're wrapping up. We're going to head into this is a part of the podcast where I like to talk about habits, goals, and other media. I know you're not a huge podcast guy, but books, blogs, movies, porn. anything porn too. You know, we yes. talk about porn. Whatever you think has helped you. I know education is a big part. Porn helps a lot. Yes, yeah. you're smiling when you say that. <laughs> He's like, how many more rap? Quotes, can I get in here? This rap, oh, yeah, that's right. So in this rap game, VJ, this rap game, in this rap game, this rap game, that's how we hold it. Do you, you ever want to get out of this rap game? <laughs> Do I want to get out of this rap game? Um, uh, let me find a good reason or a good quote for us here. <laughs> the last listener is about ready to bail. No, oh, you know, fuck not. this podcast, and even all. After my logic and my theory, I add a motherfucker. So you ignorant. Let's go to a different quote. (laughs) (laughs) Crash and burn. Come on, 10 chocolate. All right. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, uh, where where were we going with this question? He quit. He quit. And that's all right. 
We are going I, success habits, um, success habits, goals, books. So I mean, I know we've kind of talked about uh, goals throughout this. I mean, you sounds like you have goals, like, right? I do have goals, and I mean, in terms of success habits, how do I get there? Well, I mean, big thing I like doing is networking. Um, I think you mentioned that before. Like the things I do, I will go to one of the networking events I go to is called network after work, which is just a series of professionals. It's usually, usually two to 300 each time it's once a month. Um, where's that one at? So it it changes every month. Like I will usually hit the ones that are in Royal Oak or Ferndale. So sometimes it'll be at the imagine theater in Royal Oak or like twisted tavern in Ferndale. Sometimes it's over at Novi at mint. Uh, tonight, it's actually at they're doing it the Pistons game. Okay, so I'll be there. Um, another one I, I try to attend Oakland Ria. Um, That's a good one. I do like that one. Uh, There's not as many sales pitches. I used to attend, and I'm still a member of Michigan Ria. That's a good one. Um, she does I mean, sell at that one sometimes. Right. Like yeah. I like Wendy. It's just you know a lot of times it seems more like it's a plug for something. But there is a lot of people there. There's a lot of good people to meet. I think the uh, the haves and wants section of both Rias is a big thing that gets a lot of people noticed because um, I think earlier you mentioned uh, the Kubo guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had them on this podcast? No, they're going to be, though. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, how, For is, sure. it, how is it you know them? Networking. I have a networking goal every month. Do you? See? Yes. I don't have a goal. It's just, I mean, I want people to know me. No. Um, don't know what you heard about like, me. Right. I mean, the reason you know them is because at every one of these Rias, they stand up every month or two and say, we've got another house. It's because in those in that haves and wants section, they keep standing up. You keep seeing their name. You keep seeing their face. But I say you see their name because they, they wear uh these shirts and hoodies that I'll say Kubo. Yeah. So that's why I say that. Dude, they're all in with their marketing. Yeah. Uh, I, they probably, their bed probably they, has they, Kubo. In case somebody looks they in got, the window. They got tattoos that say Kubo <laughs> across their neck. Um, they are 100% committed to getting the word out. But it's it's highly effective because everyone knows who they are. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, networking is a huge thing to me. And uh, obviously, I try to make the... Uh, Metro Detroit real estate investor group meetup, bigger pocket thing. Tom's meeting. Yeah. Right. I'll put the link in the show notes, folks. So okay. You don't have to remember that. Whenever shit. I can, that's usually at champs and Troy. Yeah. He and likes it's, champs. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a good group. A lot of good guys there. We had a great time last night. It was awesome. I know yeah. I missed that. Um, so I usually like in terms of real estate, I'll try to make those. There's some fortune builders ones. I'll try to make those as well. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, how many people can you know and get to know? And it's not one of those. I always hate people that will go to the networking events with a bunch of business cards and try to get rid of them all because they never actually try to create a true interpersonal relationship with somebody. You can go hand your card to somebody, but all you're saying is, here, you throw this away. Yeah. You know, toss this away as soon as you get out the door. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And so many people do that. So, I mean, like, I'd rather make three or four good connections dude. then give away 50 business cards. You and I are on the same page on this. My goal yeah. is three people, right? Like I might talk to more people, but my goal is I want to get to know 
three people that I'm really interested in, not who could benefit me, right? who I'm really interested in, and I want to talk to them for at least 10 minutes about what they're doing in their lives. At exactly. least three. That's my goal. And like that's a good number, three to four. It's exactly. It's hard to I do said. in an hour and a half, two hours to do. If you're doing it right, it's difficult yeah. to find more than three and have a real conversation with them. Exactly. Like, but when you develop these, you know, and obviously we talked about uh, we talked about how before people are uncomfortable with certain things, you get more comfortable with that, right? Yeah, practice. Um, but when you start developing those three to four relationships, each networking event, yeah, you start developing an actual network. People know you, know your name. It's it helps you get where you want to go because all of a sudden, you know, someone's like, "Oh, I got this house available. Who can I call?" Or it actually helps me in my other business too because in recruiting, I always want referrals. Um, I love and referrals. I, you know, I get emails from people that are like, "Hey, you help my friend. Can you help me?" Yes. Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, it's just, I mean, that's. Honestly, the biggest way to reach my goal is to do that. Um, sure, you know, I'd love to find houses for cheap, and I do tend to go more conservative, at least on most of the houses with the pricing. Like, if I lose out on a house because I don't want to go an extra five grand up, I lose out on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. I'm like, oh, there'll be more houses, you know? I. I try to find, I mean, I have my, I'm, I'm a CPA, so I make spreadsheets for everything, right? <laughs> I fucking hate spreadsheets. I'm not on board with that, I, but I'm glad you exist because I, I need them. I am an Excel <laughs> whore. Yeah. Uh, everything, everything I do, I can put in Excel, and a lot of times I do. Um, but yeah, it's very easy for me to calculate those things, and that's how I determine, okay, this makes sense. I'm cool with it. Um, and if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't. Um do you have it's a follow up process for or or some sort of written process for your networking or an afterwards and all that or, or how do you do it? Um, no, I mean generally, like I'm pretty active on certain types of social media. I don't have or I have Twitter. I don't use it because I think it's fucking stupid. But <laughs> I would agree. I mean, I use it and like it, but it is fucking stupid a lot of times. I think I twatted once. I twatted. <laughs> And it's only so, that one time in Mexico, and it was an accident. It'll never happen again. Like I say that because when Twitter first came out, uh, you know, me and a couple of friends signed up for it, and I I tweeted once, but we didn't know what the past tense was, so we just started saying "twatted." <laughs> so it was legitimate at first. We thought we were like, "All right," we realized it sounded dirty, but we didn't know what the actual word was. Whoops! So. I tweeted. Yeah. And um, now you know. You're talking about education before. There you go. That's, right. that's the importance of education. Educated. Get my twatted going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I use LinkedIn a lot. And I think I, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons I think it's probably the first link I gave you yep. on that thing. Which this will be in the show notes, um, folks. And if you like tan uh, chocolate, go at them. Do it. Do it. Um, there was my big Sean impression. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I connect with people on LinkedIn. I will less often connect with them on Facebook um, just because for a while on Facebook, you know, when you start doing the real estate thing, all of a sudden everybody in the country who does real estate tries to be your friend. Yeah. And then I realized, I'm like, I don't know these people. Maybe I should 
back off that a little bit. LinkedIn, you know, that's fine. Okay. Um, but that's how I get in touch with people. Like, just in general, too, if I... So I want to make three or four new good connections each time, right? But I also want to maintain and manage the other connections. So I will make an effort. I'm very good with people's faces. I Sometimes I struggle with names. So, like, when I get to these networking events, I can usually recognize a bunch of people really quickly, run up, touch base, if I haven't messaged them in between. Keep know. them warm. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a lot of them end up remembering you. It's uh, Nobody forgets VJ. Yeah. Nobody forgets. Nobody puts baby in a corner. I know. I was doing that. See if you catch it, you did. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't. What movie is that from? I know the quote. Uh, I think it's uh, Dirty Dancing. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know the Don't. Quote. Just fucking skip don't, it. Don't. Okay. I had an ex-girlfriend who made me watch that shit like 50 times. <laughs> had the time of my life. <laughs> is that what that song is from? Yeah. Well, oh. don't, don't, no, not it's not the song's fault. They, the song came out, and then they came up with a shitty movie, and they put oh. the song in the shitty movie. Got it. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talk about best practices. Big thing to me is... Uh, networking, truly analyzing a deal. Like, I mean, just based on my background, you know, it's in the financial industry and what I've done as an auditor, I like information. And so that's important to me up front. Um, and I like digging through it. Like, I don't mind doing the research. But I like transparency because if there's not transparency, I've already learned with my clients that there's probably something you don't want me to know. Bingo. Um, and believe me, my job is I to find, find that it. at GM. I'll probably find it with you. It's like <laughs> it's a multi-billion dollar corporation. Can't hide information from VJ. You're not going to. Excellent point. So. What is it about? That's okay. I got a rant on this for like 30 seconds. I'll keep it short. Go. The, the lower IQ, the more they think they're getting over on you, right? They just yeah. don't even realize how fucking stupid they're being when they're doing it and how how obvious it is. Like, I'm sure and you see it too, because that's your, your, oh, that's exactly, I could see it from 10 miles away. This is exactly what you're doing. But for some reason, they like, oh, what are you talking, what are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, that was a mistake. No, no. Oh, the other Try half of it is like a clinical psych. Remember it. This is all around. I love analyzing people. Yeah. So it's just an all around clusterfuck when people are trying to hide things. It's entertaining because you can tell they are. I mean, you see them. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. I like I mean, to catch them slipping too. Right. Slipping, falling. <laughs> um, <laughs> I teed yeah, that one We got up some for you. DMX in here now. Um, yeah. Uh, due diligence. I guess that's really what it boils down to, you know, because there's people out there that will not be prudent when making judgment calls with money that is life altering. And it's surprising to think that, but there's a lot more people out there that do that than you think in real estate when they're like, all right, you know, I've saved up 25,000 and that's all I have. I'm going to spend 22 on it of it on this house in uh, Detroit and they won't consider the fact that, well, what happens if it's not rented? What happens if something else occurs to it? You know, you're not going to like, can you survive on that other 3000 that you have left over? And how long can you like, it's not a prudent move, you know, like 
That's a good point, man. Um, it's just people don't do, and that's why it's not just analysis of the deal. It's analysis of your own current situation, right? Thank you. Cause I did an excellent job at analyzing deals and I didn't analyze my partners as well as I should. So I just want to interject, not just right. when he says due diligence, if you're going to partner with someone, cause that, that it's embarrassing, but you're talking about me with not doing due diligence on a couple of relationships that cost me a shit ton of money, my good name, right? just to be matter of factly, I'm building it back up, but I mean, expensive lessons that could be avoided if you could be prudent, you know, you don't have to do it if you're prudent. So that's an excellent, excellent point. Yeah. It's the due diligence, man. You don't always see it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, so I know, yeah, to get back to it, best habits. I think networking is incredibly important. I think actually networking, not just going to networking events, like we said, three to four people, that should be a good goal. Um, and then keeping your other relationships warm, um, obviously work your ass off and then just being, like I said, diligent when you're doing your analysis and not overlooking the obvious factors. Like we said, you can analyze a deal and it can make great sense, but can you afford it? Does it make sense from, you know, just generally a fiscal perspective of your life, right? (laughs) And, um, yeah, I'd say those are probably the biggest, uh, what was the word I was looking for here? The best practice. Best practice. Call it whatever you want. That's, that's sound advice. Yeah, that's right. Listen to me because I'm, 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 I'm awesome. I'm right? a, I'm a that- third party that interjected <laughs> and agreed. So you should definitely go do it after you Hell talk to yeah. an attorney and de-pussify your life and everything else. You should definitely go do it. Is there right. anything? That we wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about. Now would be the time for that. So you still got that one rap line, that one idea, that one point you wanted to make. All I have is one shot. Right. <laughs> um, Mom, spaghetti. Right. Spaghetti, spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Um, that was from Dave Chappelle yeah. when he spoofed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, those are the big things. Like, I don't really have books or blogs I read. I realize that that's bad. If I read something, it's it's CNN. (laughs) That's generally how I function. We all learn in different ways. That's not one. That's why I like asking that question of everybody because I like choices. I like the plurality of choices, and I think it'd be a terrible thing if there's only one choice. So, I guess, how do I learn? I learn vicariously. I ask a lot of questions to a lot Mm -hmm. of people Um, because. I mean, shit. You, I, I mean, I've mentioned Steve and Ron. Um, we asked them questions. Yeah. Uh, not as often, Steve, we have in the past, though. And why? Because they know their shit. So you can learn from them. And what's the point of making the mistake when you can ask somebody? I'm not saying, you know, be a pain in the ass, but. Well, Mike, I'm guessing to tie it all up together and put a bow onto it that you networked and developed relationships before you started asking these questions too, this right? true. This Fuck yeah. True. So you want to go in and cold and close them, you know, like, huh, if I want to sleep with that girl or guy, I'm just going to go. No, you got develop the relationship, then do the ask. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's how you get laid and get ahead. That's how you get laid. That's how you get paid. And you <laughs> like Steve and you like Ron and you still keep a relationship with them today, right? 
I don't know what's better, getting laid or getting paid. I just know when I'm getting one, the other's getting away. <laughs> there. Okay. How much it. better? I, I did it on a rap quote. We can, I'm going to end it right there because there's just no way we're going to do better than that. And that yeah. wasn't written. That I want to thank my memory. guest, VJ. I'm not going to try and say your last name. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. It's probably the most fun I've had on the podcast. I don't know if anybody actually listened to it all the way, but I had a great time. Um, check out what he's doing. I, so I got his LinkedIn. There's no way I'm going to do that. It's going to be in the show notes, but you can also go to facebook.com forward slash double V I R U P A N. You can also send him an email at double V I R U P A N at gmail.com or text him your panty pictures to seven, three, four, eight, eight, three, five, six, one, nine. Don't clean panties. Yeah. Clean panties. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And if you enjoy and find this podcast helpful, Share it with your friends. Give it a like. If you wouldn't mind, it'd be really helpful, too, if you rated it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever app you use to listen to this podcast. Um, it really does help, and I do appreciate it. So if you have any comments or suggestions, reach out to me and let me know. Go to RenegadeDetroit.com. RenegadeDetroit.com. If you're interested in attending the local meetings, go to Meetup.com forward slash Investors or Facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on twatter twitter at jeremy burgess <laughs> or you can go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash detroit wholesalers and as i wrap up this podcast you know what's coming i want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent i know we talked about a lot of this shit on this podcast i know so what is my answer so fucking what so you had a bad life so what so you made some mistakes so what do it man Start a goal. Pick something. Stick with it. Don't give up. Do something every day that gets gets you closer to your goals. You're going to be alive anyway. Why not do better, right? Stick with it. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. I know you could be doing lots of other things if you somehow made it through to the end. Thank you. And until next week's podcast, peace out, bitches. Crush it.